0: So I'm a. the intro is going to be a little different this week. So it's not going to be that whole, hey, what's up, everybody, bullshit. <laughs> I normally do. I got something <laughs> better for y'all. the fuck up, Mike and Sincere playing Boys the Men at the beginning of the show. Are they Are going to have Boys and Men on the show? No. <laughs> no. So my, but just like Boys the Men, we've grown the fuck up and we realize that when you become a man, you got to move out of your mom's house and move on and get on with your life. Well, that's what we're doing right now. <laughs> so this is the end of the road, <laughs> folks. Okay, this is the last episode. This is a series finale, not season finale, series finale of the LLA show. It's a wrap. that's what this is all about absolutely we're, coming yeah, man, we're two, wrapping it up 50, episode two fifty, and I feel like that was a perfect number to end on and because honestly man we have we've, we've done a lot of shit in five and a half years. We've done way oh, more yeah. than most podcasts, and a lot of these big podcasts that try to boast like they you know they have all these numbers and all these blah 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 and all this rep, you know, all the reputations and all this other stuff they haven't done probably half of what we did. Especially in that first year. We I mean we hit the ground sprinting big time. Yeah. I mean, we were doing things that people to the point where I went to a podcast conference that year, later that year of our first year, and I had these professors yeah, I who had been having these high end podcasts asking me like, How the hell wait a minute, how long have you had your podcast? I'm like, We've been doing it for at that point it was about like seven months. Wait a minute. Yeah. But you guys already had like Robert Green on your show. How'd you how'd you do that? I'm like, Uh, we asked. <laughs> it was yeah, really that simple. Exactly. Like, and they were like, I've been trying well, to get him about the right time." These... Yeah, exactly. They said, so I've been trying for months and it's assistant. I'm like, well, yeah, we... hey, man, look, I said, my co host, he gets the guest. I don't question how he does it. It just happens and it works. And pretty much, man. Oh, shit, um, man. hey. shit, man. The mistake, the mistake a, a lot, lot of people it. try to
1: make is, yeah, the mistake a lot of people make is they try to go through official channels, assistants. I don't contact anyone's assistants, I contact them personally. And one of the best uses of Twitter, I don't use Twitter at all anymore. By the time you hear this episode, I've canceled the account. It's long gone. But Twitter was actually very instrumental for getting guests on the show. And the reason why is, let's say Stephen Cutler, who we had on the show, Rise of Superman, let's say he just posted something and I happen to be on there. If I ask him at that moment, he's going to see it because he's on there. And he even responded back. One time I asked him, like, hey, man, love to have you on the show. And then he's like, yeah, sure, when? And I said, how about this date? He's like, done. I was like, great, man. Thanks for responding back so quickly. And he goes, look, if I don't respond back quickly, I'm not going to respond back at all. And that <laughs> is the mentality of someone who's really busy. Yeah. So that's what you want to keep in mind. You want to get a high level guest. You got to catch that motherfucker at the right time. You don't email them on their website. That goes. They don't even see that shit. You don't even tweet right. them. Don't send them a private message on Twitter. It's got to be public, no. and it's got to be right. And right when they just posted something. Otherwise, they're not going to see it. Or, if, but by the time they do see it, they're not going to give a fuck.
0: Exactly. And to my end, speaking of that, that episode happened seven episodes right after Robert Greene. <laughs> you know, so again, man, timing is everything. Yeah, the fir-
1: first year we came out of fire, and it, what, what what made me want to stop doing the show is that. The passion I had those formative years just wasn't there anymore. Yeah. I remember when you and I started to do the show, you and I were teaching a course in Houston and we're just kicking back watching the UFC and we're talking about podcasts we listen to. And I was like, well, fuck, man, we right. should do our own show. We always have good conversations. You have a good background in broadcasting and I have some experience interviewing people and I've got some good connections so we can get some high-level guests right off the bat. Let's fucking do it. And we're like, yeah, let's do it. So we set a date and that's important to you. You go, okay, if May 1st, we're going to start doing this or some date in May. And that was important as well, because otherwise, it's just talks. Like, It'll you know, we do happen. a show sometime, and then two years goes by, nothing ever happens. you got to have a date. It. Like, no <laughs> matter what, we're going to start recording on that date. I don't care if we don't have anything to talk about. I don't care if the episode sucks. The episode didn't suck, by the way. It was good. But we decided we're going to start doing that shit on that date. So that's important as well. And I was really fired up. I was like, fuck yeah, man. And then that first year, we're getting guests like Robert Greene, we're getting – UFC fighters. We got Robert Roger Cross from 24. All these really interesting conversations. I was like, "What? This is so awesome!" Just to be able to talk to these people, and it was such a variety of guests right out of the gate. We didn't segment ourselves to a fitness show. We had fitness guests, but that was one segment of the kind of guests we would have. It was whoever any of us were interested in. We would. Sam Sheridan came on Fighters Mind, and he's been one of my customers for my supplements for years now. Super cool guy. So the thing about the show is, it was really fun coming out of the gate. And it was fun for a long time. And then I would go through periods, and I'm sure you did too, where I was just not feeling it. I was like, I don't really feel like doing the show. And sometimes we would take breaks, or I would come out of it eventually. I would say, I don't know if I even want to do the show anymore. And then a couple of guests later, I'm like, you know what? This shit's fun, man. Let's just keep going. So sometimes you just have those feelings. You, You just don't feel like doing something. It doesn't mean you need to stop completely. But when it keeps coming up, and when you keep thinking about it, that's when you know it's time to go. And I've had this feeling happen many times, whether it's in relationships or jobs I hated, or, or people, even with kettlebells. I used sure. to I used to love teaching kettlebells, and then it got to a point where I was I was like, I don't want to teach this anymore. And then it got to a point where some of the students knew noticed that I didn't want to teach it anymore. And I was like, okay, exactly. I need to stop the fuck doing this right now because this is going to get real bad. If other people can tell,
0: that's really bad. <laughs> <You're right. clears throat> so yeah, man. So. And one of the things is, like, with me, I mean, that happened with my gym. After a while, it's like, look, man, I was, I mean, I loved it. It got to the point where the only reason I liked going to my gym at the time was for me to work out. You know, I pretty much set up, you know, people that were training with me that they could train themselves. You know, pretty much I would just program, you know, the program for that day or whatever. And, you know, they'd go at it. But I think we really kept them motivated. It was just, a, it was an excuse for them to like, okay, after work, they can go release some steam. But at the same time, they get to train with me. It wasn't so much of me just being the instructor at that point. It's like, cause I always made it known to them that, hey, I'm not just, I'm not here just to just be your trainer or your strength coach or whatever it was Like, we're a family now. And that's why I weeded out a lot of people. That's why I got to the point where I wasn't accepting just anyone, you know, to come over. I said, I said, this right. is a family environment. I said, we all get here and we all train together. I said, so this is probably not the spot for someone who's starting from the very beginning. And just trying to, you know, you've been sitting on the couch for 10 years or whatever else. I said, it's going to be very intimidating. I said, I'm not going to dial it back. I'm not going to dial back the intensity with my other folks to make it comfortable. I suggest, you know, hey, here's a friend of mine. He, he loves working with clients who just started. If you go there and then eventually, you know, once you got to a point where you feel confident, you're always welcome. Just, but just know that it's going to be intense. But then after a while, just getting out and making that drive across town, even that got bored when I have. You know, I moved, yeah. Once I moved farther away from the gym, and then I, and I realized I got to walk past my own gym and the apartment complex I'm in, and I got to walk past all these kettlebells <laughs> and all this other equipment that I have, and just be outside, period, just to get into my car my truck and then go drive over like 20 miles away to my gym. I was like, you know what? Look, first of all, it's time to cut the cost. I'm like, okay, so at this point, it, was, it just wasn't even worth it, man. And I think my folks started to see so just like you were saying, it's like yeah. when they start to see this it, time, it's time to cut it loose, man. Look, well, man, when you when you cool don't, don't even want to
1: drive across, yeah, when you don't even want to drive across town, that's bad. I mean, shit, man. I think about ten hour flights trying to do something you don't right. want to do. Imagine <laughs> getting on a fucking plane for ten hours to teach a course you don't want to teach. Shit. So when you don't even want to drive across town, you know, that's real bad. Forget about getting on a plane and flying somewhere to teach.
0: Right. So. But you know, and the thing about it, and you know, it's funny, but my wife was asking me about this um, uh actually yesterday. But the thing about it, like with the gym, is like when I was ready to shut it down, and when I told, pretty much, first the landlords just kept raising the rent for no reason at all. They didn't do any improvements on the place, <laughs> so it's like right. you're you just trying to get right. more money for nothing. Like screw you, first of all, yeah. because yeah. I'm not going to sit there and punish yeah. my clients by raising the prices, <laughs> you know, just because these right. fuckers are being greedy. they their building, you know. So uh, here's one key to take away from all these people. There's If you can do it, there's nothing like ownership whenever you're starting a business. If you can own the property and own the yeah. land, you're, you're really yeah. in a much better position. Because here's the thing. If you decide to change your mind about whatever that business is at that point, if you own the land and the property, you <laughs> can just repurpose whatever that is and change it to whatever your next venture is going to be. Or you can rent it out and lease it out to someone else who's not quite ready to have ownership. So keep that in mind as well. That's one of the things I learned a lot. So the more and more I started learning more about just with the uh, – in other investments that I have or whatever, a lot of that carried over into just simple pleasures, like I said, other business ventures, like the gym, even this, this podcast. There's right. a lot of things I've learned along the way that have actually spilled over to this podcast as well. But oh, like yeah. you said, man, it got to the point where the passion just really wasn't there. Here's the thing: I am now, to my 30 years into broadcasting now, and I'm still no, I'm I'm not even 50, okay, and I'm just 46 at this point. <laughs> but I've been I've been broadcasting for 30 years. Here's the thing, though. The reason why I've been broadcasting for 30 years is because I even though I I never really left the field of broadcasting, I've always found something new and a repurposeful way of doing it to keep me going. I didn't just stay, I just didn't remain a club DJ or a rave DJ for 30 years cuz I that would have drove that would have driven me crazy. I left that. I to my terrestrial radio, eventually I left that. I got out right when the getting was good. When I realized it was about to be just 100% corporate owned by five companies And pretty much you would that all that creativity and creative control that you had before was not going to be there. I saw the writing on the wall long before anyone else did. And I always it kind of just makes me wonder when I see some of my colleagues who started when I started and they're still doing this. They're still doing the same thing 10, 20, 30 years later. Some of them 40 years later because they got started before I did. And they're still at the same rate that that, they're writing
1: on the wall. Writing on the wall is actually a good one to focus on because that's that's a good way. I saw the writing on the wall with a kettlebell training when I was going south, and I got out. I mean, I didn't, it's not even that I even got out. I, I moved on to designing supplements, not because I thought my kettlebell income was about to end. I moved on because that's what I was interested in, and it happened to just blow it, up, and it a nice, right smooth transition right. from kettlebell instructor. But I did see the writing on the wall that this kettlebell shit's not working anymore because that's it became a lot harder that's to do workshops in America – That's why a lot of us started going overseas. I started going overseas because, one, I like traveling, but, two, the money was way better in a lot of these countries I was going to. And then you're getting 30 people in the room. the, The days of getting that in America were long gone because in America, everybody wants certification. So if you're not teaching a certification, they don't want to just come out and learn because, oh, what's the point of that? That's a waste of time just learning. (laughs) i never understood that mentality such a weak ass mentality but anyway that's the mentality of a lot of people in america they want some kind of fucking certificate now i could have come up with some bullshit certificate or i could have come up with some quasi certification crap like a lot of people did but i I have integrity i don't want to go down that road i wasn't going to do that unless i really wholeheartedly wanted to go that route but writing on the wall is important because i see the writing on the wall with podcasting as well when you and i first started One of the reasons why it was so easy, not easy, but one of the reasons why we we were able to get very high-level guests is because it was still in the early stages of podcasting. Not a lot of people were doing it, number one, and not a lot of people had backgrounds like us. So I could say, hey, you want to come on the show? And they would go look at my website and be like, okay, this looks like a high-level guy. Let me come on there. Or once we started getting high-level guests, we could say, here's who we've had on the show, so it was easier to get other people on the show. But now, every motherfucker's got a podcast. Everybody. I know people in my neighborhood who have a podcast where they just talk about nothing. <laughs> and so podcast, right. having a podcast now is like having an Instagram account. It doesn't do dick for your business. Right. It's, when, whenever, whenever the masses get involved, I'm not interested anymore. Once, once kettlebells became right. mainstream, guess what? It's not fun anymore. This was fun when it was right. a hardcore training tool. Now it's that fucking now, – now Marshalls uses it in their ads. <laughs> you know that they send out no, to people. <laughs> so, kettle, kettlebells are the hardcore. Oh, you know Those what? days you are long done, man. You it's you fucking one. over.
0: i do you one better. It's, it's so bad with kettlebells now that in season two of The Punisher, you know, if you haven't seen it yet, too bad with the spoiler alert. But there's one scene where he's actually going to fight these Russians in this gym, in this old school underground gym. You know, of course, it's a hardcore gym in, in Brooklyn that's owned by Russians. So of course you know there's gonna be some kettlebells there. When it gets to the point where the Punisher is picking up a kettlebell which is supposed to be fifty-three pounds, he picks it up with one hand, he throws it like a fucking football, and hits a Russian in the face with it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. But you know what? At least that's the punisher. It's not it's not it's not a Marshall's ad. At least it's the punisher. That's a hardcore show. No, kettlebells were in Rocky Six as well. That wasn't a bad thing. There right. was some other movies too. But now they're so ubiquitous. If if you have a kettlebell only business, good luck with that shit, man. Good fucking luck, because nobody gives a fuck anymore. And if you're somehow managing to hold on, it, it's a battle of attrition, and you're going to lose that battle. So you better you better start thinking about what your next move is.
0: Yeah, I guarantee if they are holding on, it's either for ego, you know, they, or they just don't know when to cash in the chip, or they're financing it through other means. They're using they're robbing Peter to pay Paul. Yeah. Oh, they're they're still working yeah, yeah, at a nine yeah, yeah, to five. Yeah. Or they're borrowing against their 401k, or they have another side business, or they're an affiliate with some fucking supplement company and they're selling you some bullshit, or they're a part of some network marketing bullshit. It's something right. that's sustaining that at that point. That's right. It's not the kettlebell only gym that is pretty much sustaining them and giving them a, a, a lifestyle that they truly look, man. You can sit there and say you that oh no, it takes care of me and my entire family. Well, you must be living very minimal. Okay, you must be living like in Backwoods, Idaho somewhere, you know, off the grid or something like this. So then I can't even understand how you even have clients at that point. But there's just really, at this point, with all this oversaturation, and like you said, how ubiquitous the kettlebells are now, that someone can sustain a real thriving business from just a kettlebell-only gym. I don't, I don't care. You can't sit there and say that you're selling all these kettlebell-only DVDs or anything else like that because that's oversaturated as well. And on top of that – It's too many freebies out there. Everybody's getting stuff for free. So at this point, it's got to be something. Well, you you got to have
1: something that differentiates you. And, like, saturation is not something I ever worry about. Like, look, when I got into supplements, it's not like the supplement industry is not saturated. It's not like there aren't a million testosterone boosters out there. But I was confident that I had something that was way better than anything on the marketplace. Frankly, it's better because it actually works, and 99% of testosterone boosters out there don't do dick. They don't increase your testosterone, probably increase your estrogen, probably increase your cortisol from the money you wasted on buying a product that didn't do <laughs> shit for you. But my testosterone booster actually works. It works extremely well. I know it works. I've used it myself before for years before I even started selling it. The customer feedback says it all. No other testosterone booster out there has testimonials like mine, people talking about their before and after blood work. Nobody else has that. It's always something generic, like, oh, I feel great. Oh, my sex drive is up. These very generic type testimonials that are probably not even real. They're probably just made up. But my, So I knew I had something that was different. And the reason why I'm doing so well as a a one-man operation supplement company is because I have products that work. I don't have an advertising budget. And even if I do have money to waste on advertising, I wouldn't. It's a waste of money. But what I have are products that work. So my customers tell everyone they know about it, and that's the best advertising you can ever get.
0: And on top of that, A, you got in the game a little earlier than all these other dudes. A lot of folks got in the game once they saw, oh, shit, Mike's doing it. Then I need to do that. Also, you also had a client yeah, base. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. And a core, you got a core client base that came with you from what you were doing before the supplement, you know, just from your, coaches, your strength coach. You know, so they already believed in you. They already bought into you. And it's like, hey, man, I know you're not going to sell some bullshit. So, hey, man, tell me. That's what, right. 100%. What's up? 100 Tell me more. And see, the reason why a lot of these other, like I said, yeah, it's oversaturated in supplement industry, but it's oversaturated with a bunch of motherfuckers you don't know. And so, with the so crappy products, it, too, it's, not, it's exactly. not
1: oversaturated with good products, it's oversaturated
0: with exactly. shitty products. So, if you have and great products, it doesn't
1: matter how saturated it is.
0: And that's the reason why you don't know who they are because they're selling you bullshit on purpose and they don't want to be known. They don't want you to know who they are. They don't want. <laughs> because, yeah, most, most of these
1: companies, you can't find out shit about anyone there.
0: Yeah, they're going to try to make as much money as possible as quick as they can and get the hell out of that field and go on to the next lick. And basically, they are the traveling freaking salesmen. They are, they are the people that sell selling the snake oil. And then one minute they hear, the next minute they're gone. And by the time you're trying to go to the Better Business Bureau or whatever else, it's like, oh, well, that company doesn't exist. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know, or they file bankruptcy to make sure you well, can't do
1: They will have the wrong intentions, right? Because, I mean, the reason why I got into kettlebell training is the same reason why I got into supplements. It's the same reason why I got into podcasts. It's the, same got into podcasts it's the same reason why I'm teaching hormone seminars again. I want to help people with really good information. I want to make good money doing it. I don't I don't pretend about that. I'm not going to act like I'm some selfless guy who doesn't want to make a great income. I want to make a great income, but I want to make a great income providing great value for people that's going to improve the quality of their lives. It's always been my motivation no matter what I get
0: into. Exactly, man. So, And, and that's another thing. Like, again, it wasn't about, oh, let me make this quick lick, man. Let me just, you know, oh, this is like a, it can make money. Let me get that in. Let me do that. Make money <laughs> yeah, and then yeah. get out. Yeah. This is the wrong right, right. field, man. First of all, when I see all these people, it's funny, no matter where we go, and I've said this a million times, probably a million episodes, <laughs> that same shit, different toilet. And when I say that, right. basically you have the same people in no matter what industry, what field you're in. I'm in that field now with personal protection. The same stuff that I've heard in the podcast world, the same thing I heard in the fitness world, the same thing I heard in the in the marketing promotions world of entertainment, the same, word, same thing I heard in radio, same thing I heard in clubs. It's the same thing. Everybody wants to get in. They, it looks... It looks all glamorous on the outside. And they're like, "Oh, I want to do that, and make a lot of money, and get out." First of all, only a minute few are making a lot of money in any of these fields that we're talking about. You, you got to put in the right. work. My thing is, if you're not passionate about it, don't even waste your fucking time, dude. Don't even waste your time. Yeah, Look, don't man, bother. Don't waste your time because you're gonna be miserable, and you're gonna make it. You're gonna make it very crappy for those who are passionate about that because you're gonna be the asshole that try to get in for the money. And you're not going to make any money. And you're going to be the pastor that's going to go out and tell everybody, like, yeah, I used to do that. It ain't worth it. It's this, this, this. You're going to badmouth it and try to try to sell people on the fact that, you, first of all, you're not going to tell them the truth that you, you screwed up because you were greedy. You're going to make it seem like that industry itself was greedy. And that's where you got out. Yeah. And yeah. don't waste your time. So you're going to mess it up for those people who are actually passionate about it and actually trying to do good in all those industries. I don't sit there and badmouth DJs that are out there doing their thing and really they're truly passionate about getting good music out there. They're actually taking chances and breaking new music, you know, or podcasters out there that actually have a quality – program. I still listen to quality podcasts out there. But you know what? It becomes that thing. Yeah, I'll never rule out that I won't do another podcast, but as of right now, ain't happening. <laughs> because honestly, I don't see Yeah, who's, to say, well, who's to
1: say what happens, man? I mean, I haven't taught a yeah, course in four see, years, and here I am. I here, here I am again. I don't see a void.
0: Yeah, I don't see a void that I need to fill right now. There are so many people out there doing it now. And like so, right. I, no matter what the topic is, even in personal defense, there's quite a few out there, and but there's a mighty few that I actually listen to, and I get something from it. So, and so I don't feel I feel like, hey, that guy's doing a good job. I don't feel like I need to create one, you know, on that topic when this dude is doing such a damn good job. In fact, what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna make sure I help promote that dude because I really like it. I want to see him be great. I want to see his stuff stick around as long as he's putting out quality. I want to support him in any way that I can. So if he has a Patreon, hell yeah, I'll go ahead and become a Patreon member. I understand what that feels like. I've been there. Okay. And also, yeah. I'm gonna make sure I share. Stuff. I'm gonna do all the shit I've been telling you guys to do for us, <laughs> okay, big time. You know, because you know, if you can't well, that, fucking that's talk the to thing, it, man,
1: every every show I listen to, I support. Either I buy merchandise or buy stuff from their sponsors or I'm a Patreon member. I listen to the Josta show. I've been a big supporter of his show since he started it, that one and. Eddie Trunk. I listen to a lot of music interview type podcasts. I, I don't listen to any health and fitness podcasts. I just it's no, not man, the way I why? choose to. I rather I rather yeah. read the book. Bu- I rather read a book or watch a lecture. Yeah. On, read an article. Watch Dr. Mark Gordon. Yeah, I, I rather yeah. read book. I mainly I read books when it comes to hormone optimization. That's the number yeah. one thing I do is read a shitload of books. Number two yeah. is watch lectures on YouTube, and then number three would be reading stuff on ErgoLock or other websites. Yeah. And number, I I I've never, list, I've never listened I never listen to podcast episodes at all regarding health and fitness. It's just not interesting to me one bit. Especially when you and I were doing this show, because I would just whoever I wanted to talk to, I would just get on our show. I don't need to listen exactly. to them on someone else's show. Ask them the questions I want to ask them. So I mean, it's yeah, it's it's important to whatever 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 you enjoy. You got to realize that Look, most people are making much money it, in podcasting. So you got to support it.
0: Exactly. So if you continually enjoy, if you're listening to more than three, four, five episodes, at that point, you're no longer. Don't, <laughs> yeah, exactly. be, a, don't be a moot. You actually like it. Go it's leave like a, a review, movie. if nothing else.
1: Yeah, go leave exactly. a review, man. It doesn't cost you anything. At least go do that. I leave a review for Chaucer's show every year. Even though I've already given him a review, every year I give a new review, going, man, this show's still great. Love this guest, blah, blah, blah. Yeah,
0: man. So. So this my thing is, I you know, don't sit there and feel like, you know, lost, like, oh, man, you guys are in the show. What do I do now? Well, look, man, if you have the time to listen to another podcast. Well, you if, you, well if you have that, if that's your problem, you've got a much bigger problem
1: than we're not doing the show anymore. Right, yeah. All right. Right.
0: Well, I was say, you, you need to go get some I professional done, counseling. Yeah. I wasn't <laughs> done. I was about to say, well, look here. Well, now that you're not going to be sitting here, and, you know, and we to our podcast, now you can find even more ways to go out and help promote things like Project Child Save and Voice for Animals. Because here's the deal. If you're truly fans of ours and you truly support us, the support doesn't stop when this show stops. Because guess what? We're still going to support those organizations well beyond this podcast. In fact, now I even have even more time and more energy to put into – to help those organizations and and figure out other ways, other avenues to help those guys out. And, hell, I I welcome all of you out there that are listening to do the same. Because guess what? Their mission didn't stop just because the show stopped. Okay, just like their mission didn't start just because the show started. You know, so if anything, we were just another platform to help get the word out there about what they were doing. Continue to support organizations like Project Child Save. Continue to share their information. Continue to, like, share their links. Continue to, like, support Ty with your monthly donations. I don't care if it's a dollar or if it's a thousand dollars or if it's ten thousand dollars. Shit! If you can do that, then where the hell were you when we were doing ours? But anyway, because <laughs> we were giving to him anyway.
1: <laughs> well, that's but, a, well, that's a great goal to have. I, I'd I'd love to be able to donate ten thousand a month yeah. to Ty. I'd love to <laughs> be able to do that. So that that's something that kind of motivates me to step up my game to do that, where you don't even miss it. I mean, it's one thing to donate ten thousand right. bucks, and you're making you might be making twenty thousand a month, and you donate half, and that's super generous of you. But why not make a hundred thousand a month, so you donate that ten thousand? You're not even exactly. going to
0: feel it. At all, <laughs> you know, same thing, you know, you know, continue to so- support Voice for the Animals. You know, here's the thing about Voice for the Animals. So, yeah, you know, you know that both of us are plant-based. And I know some of you guys, you know, you eat meat or whatever else. And sometimes you feel a little uncomfortable, you know, whatever else. You're like, oh, I'm not going to support this vegan organization. Said, but you can support organizations like Voice for the Animals because that works. That truly, no matter what your lifestyle is and how you live your life, how you eat or whatever else, that has nothing to do with any of that. I said That right there is right. the first step. That's another step toward being a fucking good human being because there are a lot of shitty human beings out there doing shitty things to those animals. But well, guess what? Here's the thing about it, especially being in the world that I'm in now, you know, looking at the patterns of criminals. Here's the thing. A lot of those criminals started off by abusing animals before they made their way yeah. to children before they made their way to adults, before they made their way to your next door neighbor. Okay. They started practicing by abusing animals. They got a taste for the abuse and the murder and the kill and whatever else. They got that that perceived power. They got a taste for that, starting with animals, especially animals that were just strays, you know, just out there. Because they felt like, well, it's just a stray. No one cares about them. No one's going to miss this animal. I'm going to do what I want to do. That's what Melia is there for. That's what of and Animals is there for, to yeah. help stop that. Type of madness so guess what when you right. support someone like Melia with Voice for the Animals you're also you're making an investment to the future because that's probably going to be one less future criminal that's going to probably end up attacking you or your family member or a friend of yours or just another human being in general because they're, practice, they're starting now that's their scrimmage okay that's, that's their two a day right there before they become a championship team at being a criminal so go ahead and cock block, that's block their ass by supporting Melia and, and just stop that right where it stands man because, again, yeah, you may not see what's going on right – it may not be happening right now, affecting you right now, but it is. It is. Just like the person that's abusing their child right now, man, the abusive parent or whatever else, or the person that's sexually abusing a child right now, that's affecting you right now. It is. So you may not think that, okay, well, none of my kids have been, you know, in the cartel or trafficked or whatever else. But guess what? The the, the enterprise grows more and more, okay? And, I mean, hell, at, at the time of this recording, we just had – just had the super bowl happen and once again no matter what the host city is for the super bowl sex trafficking the crimes go up in that city during the week of super bowl and it just happened right, in atlanta right is out there working yeah. hard right now against that and he just posted some of the stats on the average just in atlanta I believe, just without the super bowl at least 3600 reported incidents of sex trafficking happens a year in atlanta that's reported that's just reported so right. you just yeah, have to give about all the stuff and that's not spiked. reported. exactly. And it just spiked this this past weekend in Atlanta. Yeah. And he was just telling me we're we're yeah. talking about that. And so and guess what? Just because the the Super Bowl is come and gone doesn't mean that, that, that sex trafficking has come and gone. In fact, that gave them a boost in their in their economy to, to encourage them to go out there and do more. I mean, they already started posting some of the people that got busted, even though the way they do it is kind of screwed up because what they want to do, they want to punish the workers okay but here's the deal instead of asking those workers like where you you know were you forced to do this and going after the actual pimps and the traffickers themselves they go after the workers it's almost like if someone gets raped you want to go after that, the that's instead of the well
1: that's common you know, if, a, if a guy gets busted with the prostitute it's it's the prostitute that takes the full weight of the charges more than anything
0: yeah, else, and the John, so, yeah. and the John might get busted as well, you know. But nobody talks about the common denominator between the prostitute and the John, and that's the pimp. Okay, that's the thing about it. Right, the right, really to right. Friends. And yeah, they will. Right, going to say, well, right, very good point. Forward, They don't come forward and say who the pimp is. But I'm like, if you actually just quit trying to go for the quick lick, quit trying to quit trying to just get the quick result and just go to quick, quick a quick a quick arrest to make yourself look good as a you know the politician slash DA or whatever else, and the mayor, and show that you you know you're tough on this type of crime. Once you actually do a thorough investigation and really get down to the heart of it, quit. Don't treat crime the also the way you treat your health. You know, as soon as you get a, as soon as you have a stomachache or a backache, all you do is pop a pill or you got gas, you want to pop an acid instead of getting to the source of it, which is what the hell are you eating? When are you eating? How are right. you eating that? And you know, and, and really getting down to the source. Quit treating the symptoms. So anytime that you sit there and you arrest the prostitute and the john you're treating the symptoms here okay that's the thing about it same thing with a lot of these abusers man out there so instead of just sitting there and treating the victim like well you know they're the criminal well why do you keep going back to him if you know your husband's abusing you why do you keep going back so you can always leave but you keep going back to him Do you understand there's so much more rooted psychologically that you don't understand so in fact don't talk about things you have no knowledge about. This is where you bring in a professional that knows how to work with them and deal with this and help help them alleviate what's going on and help them heal. And then, in the meantime, fuck your restraining order, okay? It's kind of where get, it gets personal for me. Don't sit there and try to sit and disarm someone, you know, and have their right to protect themselves and think that a restraining order or the police, you know, after a 911 call is going to show up 10, 15 minutes later. You know how much of an ass whooping or murder can happen in 10, 15 minutes before the cops show up? You know, so you're your own first mm-hmm. responder. So stop trying to – don't tell me if you're about women's rights when you don't get these women the right to protect themselves, when you're trying to strip them up. Right. So, you really, so really think about those things and get off your moral high horse. Look, man, here's my deal. If you don't want to buy something that's going to help protect you, that's your choice. That's your choice. Don't take it from someone else. You know, just like I don't see – Well, that's, like all, that's how I
1: feel – that's how I feel about drugs. I mean, like marijuana, people right. that are anti-marijuana, I go, don't use it if you don't like marijuana. Don't I like it. I partake in it. I benefit. Right. Not only do I like it, I enjoy it. I benefit from it. It makes me a better person. It makes me more relaxed. It helps me chill out at the end of the day. I just enjoy it. And it's not hurting anybody. It's not even hurting my own health, right? We had Jerry Branham just all the myths about marijuana use when he was on the show. So when someone else says that no one should be allowed to use it, who the
0: fuck are they to tell me what I can or First can't eat? come on, look here, man, I'm a grown ass man. I'm, you're not gonna allow me to do anything. That's what you. That's, that's what yeah, yeah, that's yeah exactly. I don't need your permission to do it. Exactly. <laughs> oh, Number one, you, I don't need your permission. I hear people all the time it's like, well, you know, I see these people out there. They're all conservative, whatever else. Like, oh, and I always laugh when both sides will sit there and say like, okay, let's say someone's poor life you know, but at the same time, you want to try to control. These are the same people that get mad whenever you start talking about the second amendment needs to be repealed or changed or, you know, guns need to be, you know, go away. They get mad about that. You know, it's my choice. If I want to have my gun, I can have my gun. You can't tell me what to do, but you're the same person that tells a woman she doesn't have the right to choose when it comes to what she does with her body. So my thing is, don't be a hypocrite. My thing is your personal choice. Stay out of it. If you didn't knock her up, it is none of your damn business. And if you did, that's something you and the woman need to discuss together. And then overall, it's her choice because it's her body. Same thing. I'm not going to sit there and tell you, you know, I'm not going to go in McDonald's and start slapping freaking Big Macs out of people's hands like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you doing this to yourself? Look, man, you made a choice as an adult to take your ass in there and eat four or five Big Macs off the dollar menu. That's, a, that's something that you're going to have to deal with. You know, and of course people are going to say like, well, you got to deal with it too because you're paying taxes on them or whatever else. Okay, let's get down again. Let's stop treating the symptoms. Let's get down to the source of the matter here. You know, let's get to the source. Why am I paying for that? Why is it, why am I subsidizing, you know, for people's bad health? It's always funny when people talk about, you know, oh my God, you know, these socialists want to just sit there and we work hard and take our money from us and then they pay, for, you know, they want everything for free. Well guess what? That's what all social programs are, no matter who you are. So my thing is let the market have that. So my thing is I don't I shouldn't have to pay for someone that's eating a Big Mac. I shouldn't have to pay for someone that's actually I don't know, that's eating a plant based diet and they're sitting there they're taking care of themselves one hundred percent. Still not my responsibility. So my thing is focus on yourself and stay out of other people's business. If it's not harming you, if it's not harming children, then stay out of it. If it's harming children, make sure that you're in a profession where you can do something about it. If you can't, then donate to those organizations that can do something about it. But everything, we spend so much time focusing on things that just really, it's none of your fucking business. I admit that, like, right. that's none of my business. Well, you don't <laughs> care. I say, oh, I care. But my thing is, I'm not going to get worked up over something I can't change because this has to do with an individual. I feel like, look, man, I feel like, just like people want thorough background checks for, you know, before you purchase a gun or you should be limited on what type of guns you have or you should have training. I feel that way about voting because putting a, getting a shitty <laughs> irresponsible person, the right to vote and be in control of your future and what's going on with your money or whatever else, and just because it's their right, you know, well, guess what? That, that works for the rest of those rights, too. So my thing is, hey, well, we need to do thorough background checks on people that's going to be ready to vote. You need to make sure you're mentally sound before you can sit your ass and step into that, 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 that voting booth. But guess what? That's a slippery slope to go down, but no one thinks about that. Same thing with free speech. My thing is, like, are you, are you mentally sound to say the shit you're saying right now? Are you? And then that's based on what? And according to who? Who's making up these rules? You know, so my right. thing is, most likely if someone has a problem with that, it's because it's affecting some nefarious thing they have planned. That's what it comes down to. Other than that, look, man, that's why it's called a right. Those bill of rights are there not because they give you the right. They're to make sure no one takes those rights away from you or hinders those rights. That's all that is. So my thing is, you need to really sit back and learn those things and get off your moral high horse. Look, keep your moral high horse in your house. Let it be your own personal thing. Let it be your thing, and let it be your thing. That's it. Guess what? Don't don't be afraid to be the only one that feels that way. You don't have to have a crowd of people that has to go your way or whatever else. Now, my thing is, it's up to you. So my thing is, if you if you're gonna give the Project Child Save or not, it's up to you. But my thing is, I'm passionate about it. I want to get I want to give as much information about it as possible, and then it's up to you what you do after that. I'm not gonna sit there and go to each and every one of your houses. You know, if you are a Patreon supporter, you know, and I go and look up your addresses, I'm like, hey, we're not doing Patreon anymore. But did you give the project Child Save today? The fuck out of here, sincere? You crazy? <laughs> <laughs> you lost your rabbit ass mind? <laughs> so, but my thing is, I would hope that you would continue to support. Well, it.
1: I'll tell you, I'll tell you the right attitude to have is, and this is advice I've given to a lot of people that really liked it, and that they've often told me that this is really what stuck out when I told them this was. I don't focus on what other people do. I focus on what I'm going to do and what I can't do. That's what I focus on. Yeah. So if I'm not happy with something, I focus on that. If I'm not happy with my income, I'm going to focus on that. If I'm not happy yep. with kids being kidnapped and thrown into human trafficking, then I'm going to focus on what I can do about that shit. And I can do a lot. I went on Rich Roll's podcast last year and over 150,000 downloads for that episode. And I made a point of talking about Project Child Save. I go, I'm gonna find a way to bring it up during this conversation. I don't care if it's totally off topic, I'm just gonna bring it right up. And I did, I kept bringing it up to the point where Rich is like, hey, let's talk more about this Project Child Save. And keep bringing it up. And I was like, all right, good. And I talked about it for about 20 minutes. And uh, I had quite yeah. a few people email me and say that they'd never heard of it and they made donations after that and they're still making donations. So my, that, that made me realize, okay, I need to get on as many big shows as I can because not right. only is it good for business, I'm not going to act like this is 100% selfless Where I'm just trying to do fundraising. It's great for my business too. But why can't it be both? You know, why can't I make exactly. a great income and be a very generous guy? They're not mutually exclusive goals. The more money I make, the more people I can help. If anything, the more money – someone like me, I'm not a materialistic guy. I'm not going to buy another house or a boat or a fucking yacht. Oh, to, you know, I, right, exactly. I, everything I want to buy, I can buy right now. I can afford to buy anything I want to buy right now. So my, my needs are met many times over. So any additional income I make at this point is going to be to go to organizations I support, such as Project ChildSafe, and there's many others I support as well.
0: Yeah, so so more always focus
1: have. on what the fuck can you do? That's really what matters. Yeah. And just like we don't have to – you don't want to do something you don't have to do it that's how we feel about the show we don't want to do the fucking show anymore so guess what we're not gonna we're not gonna keep doing it even though we both hate it we're not gonna be like oh man let's just suck it up and keep doing it if we don't want to do it anymore we don't want to do it anymore and the last thing we want to do is just keep doing it to the point where both of us can't stand it and then we're not friends anymore because it's this (laughs) uncomfortable ending it's like well i don't want to talk to sincere anymore i'm sick of that dude (laughs) <laughs> you, know, you don't want it to you don't want it to ruin your personal friendship. Or, or it's just to the
0: point like, well shit man, just hearing your fucking voice reminds me of the fucking show and I'm sick of the show. <laughs> so I don't want to hear the fucking voice. <laughs> 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 because you look let's, let's face it people, you feel that way about relationships a lot of times. When you just sit there, you beat that dead horse. Tell so my sorry Peter, get over it. It's just a phrase. So you know, you're beating on that dead horse, man, but you know it's just Soon as you pull up into the driveway, like you start working overtime just so you can avoid going to see that person. And then you when you pull up to your driveway or in your garage, you just sit in the car for another ten or fifteen minutes because you have to mentally get yourself ready because you're like, as soon as I walk the door, I'm gonna hear that motherfucker's voice. <laughs> and it's want gonna maybe to just mother- leave. Like and the reason why I say that, we 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 both have been there. <laughs> and guess what? We ended those relationships. Because it look, man, you don't want to just stick around to something until it makes you sick. And I almost got there, man. You know, it wasn't because of the other person. It was because of me, because I wasn't being true to myself. I wasn't being true to myself. And I was betraying myself every fucking time, dude. It wasn't even about my mate at that time. It was about me, the things that I was allowing to happen to me instead of allowing things to happen for me. So I was like, you know what, dude, because I don't want to hate this person. This is actually a good person. It's just this is not working out. And we're, we're different in different ways. Yeah. It may have started out one way, but at this point right now, the passion's not there. And it's not, it's not benefiting either one of us by just trying to continue this for whatever other reasons or whatever. So, hey, I got out. And guess what? Pretty much there's not one ex, and I know Mike's going to be different, <laughs> when I say this, but there's not one ex that I have that either I'm not cool with or at least when I see them, you know, I don't feel grossed out by their presence. I can still say hello and still be, you know, cordial well, or whatever else. I'll, I'll tell you I never how I, to feel. Point, I, mean, I never want to get to the point where I look at well, someone I mean, uh, like, hate that motherfucker. <laughs> you know? so, I don't, I don't, want to I to don't have I any strong guy. response
1: like that. My, my my takes a little bit different. I mean, I don't have any – I don't wish ill upon anyone, I don't, and I don't wish any malicious intent or anything like that. But I also don't wish good things. I, I just don't give a fuck. Is what it comes down to. You I don't, don't care. care. If, I, if I ran into the person, I wouldn't be. If I ran into the person, I wouldn't be rude. I'd be like, Hey, how's it going? Nice to see you. Hope everything's great. I would be polite. But I, I don't want to be in touch. I don't want to be friends. I don't want to be stay in touch. Right. I just don't give a fuck. It, it's, yeah. too, it's, it's It's it's. I don't. I don't waste any energy on. Like you know, there's always that saying of you got to forgive others for yourself. And my attitude is a little bit different than that. It's like, I don't believe you have yeah. to forgive anyone that fucked you over. There's no, people no, that you fuck know, me you over know, that I'll never forgive. forgive, but I don't give them any energy either. I don't waste any time thinking about it, and it doesn't have any impact. negative impact on my life. Someone fucks you over, right. there, you don't have to forgive them, because a lot of times that's not authentic. You're just doing it because someone said you should. You you know, know you're I'm not doing? really forgiving them.
0: You're- no, what I do is I forgive myself. I forgive myself. I don't sit there hold against myself like, look, dude, you didn't make a mistake. What you did, you had a learning experience, and... What you do from going forward now is how you honor yourself. So that to me, forgiving myself is more important than forgiving that other person. So if I feel like if I can forgive myself, then just like you, I don't even think about that other person. I don't even worry. I don't even focus on what they what what happened while we were together or whatever else. So the reason why a lot of people sit there and you know spout out you know forgive you know you make you you know forgive the other person or whatever else is because a they don't know how to forgive themselves. So they look for a distraction, or they've been programmed from teachings from those who've come before us to think that this is how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to forgive and forget. I'm like, nope, and nope. <laughs> <To> my, <laughs> my thing is, I, I, to my, I can forgive myself, and I can remember. Don't do that shit again, because it didn't feel good. So I'm not forgetting a damn thing. <laughs> it's like, no, let's let's just put that in our little mental note. Put it. Let's file that away. And if, in case you need to remind yourself, like, hey you're heading down that road, bro. Don't do that. You know why? Well, that's a,
1: that's a good way to, that's a good way to reframe it. Actually. I like that because I I gave myself a hard time when my mother passed, And the reason why is because the last conversation I ever had with her wasn't a good conversation. And it was the day before she died. Obviously I didn't know she was going to die. There was, she wasn't ill or anything like that. Or not like she was had cancer. She'd been fighting for three months. I mean, I knew she had some health issues, but I didn't think it was imminent. But anyway, it just, You just never know what's going to happen. So anyway, I'm talking to her and she's, towards the end of her life, she didn't hear it very well and she didn't want to put in her hearing aids, she was very stubborn about it. So A lot of times you're trying to talk to her on the phone and she can't really hear you, so she's just guessing what you're saying, so it's irritating. And then she had some cognitive decline as well, so the combination of cognitive decline and not hearing that well, it, it made it very frustrating to try to communicate with her. Towards Everyone was frustrated trying to talk to her towards the end. So anyway, on the phone, it's an extra layer of frustration because she can't even read your know, facial expressions or right, read your right. lips or wherever the fuck she was doing to try to communicate. So I remember abruptly, I was like, you know what? I got to go, mom. I'll talk to you. I'll talk to you later. Right? I don't even remember what I was doing. Maybe I was working or maybe I was watching a movie. I don't know what it was. But anyway, the next day she died. And the, the next phone call I got was my father telling me she died. So whenever we talk about how you know don't have regrets and stuff like that, I do have regrets, and that's one of them. That that's a big time regret because that's not the last the last conversation I ever wanted to have with my mother. That's not the way I wanted it to, to go down, not even by right. a long shot. So that's a big regret. Now, yeah. you can only beat up your, so you beat up yourself for a little bit, but then you have to do what you said. You forgive yourself. You, you use it to be a better person, and also you have to realize that you can't i'm not going to deduce the entire relationship i had with my mother to that one
0: conversation there it is
1: right there, there you is. know it's not fair no. it's not even it's not not only it's too big of a burden and it's not even accurate you know my entire relationship right. with her all 42 years whatever it was when she passed was not that one conversation exactly
0: and so yeah and you know another thing is you gotta ask yourself like okay man at the last moment, that last conversation, like, did you have malicious intent? No, you you felt that way because you cared. You really cared. You, like, you really want to, you know, like, look, I really want you to put your, your hearing aid in or whatever so we can communicate. It was concern. You know, no matter how it may have looked, it wasn't like you were just being facetious and being an asshole. You like, you know, anything like that. Because trust me, I was in a similar situation with one of the last conversations with my dad before he died. You know, before he died of cancer. Like, again, I didn't even know. He kept it from me. He didn't want me to know. Because he didn't want to interrupt my life. I come to find this out at the very end. But one of our last conversations, like, we just, you know, it's just him just basically, he was just concerned for me about certain things because he was old school about certain things and there's a lot of things he didn't understand. So we'd always go back and forth. We would go back and forth about my hair, which is so funny that I've cut all my shit off <laughs> It's like, and I keep cutting it more and more. And I, back then I would be so rebellious, like, I'm never cutting my hair. So you just need to get over it, old man. <laughs> you know, so it's just always a back and forth or whatever. And, you know, so we were fussing about that. But probably one of the next to last conversations was actually about, you know, my ex-wife. And he was just like, are you sure it's over? And, you know, that's probably like one of the, the last really heart-to-hearts we had. I was like, yeah, it's over. He said, well, whatever you do, make sure you don't get together now that you actually decided that it's over. He said, because one of the worst things you can ever do is still... Keep going back and forth like that because that's just going to cloud your judgment. If you made up your mind to move on, then move on completely. Don't waste your time with that because it's familiar, it's secure, you know, it's safe. He's like, no, it's just like either don't do it at all or actually just take a chance and get out there. But don't go back to that. He said because that could be very confusing. That's like one of our last heart-to-heart conversation that we had. And then, of course, it was something where he's like, oh, so when are you going to cut your hair again? And which it always pissed me off. I'm like, what is, What does that have to do with this conversation, Dad? So we were going at it about that. And I was like, you know, I'm done. I'm done talking to you. So the next time I see him, <laughs> oh, you know, he's in a hospital bed, you know, clinging to life, but he held on long enough for me to drive three hours to, to get to the hospital, you know, and just to see me or whatever. And, I'm, you know, it was funny. He was trying to talk, man. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I understand. I know what you're trying to say it's okay. We're good. We're good. And that right there was like probably a peaceful moment and I made peace. I think it was at that day I think I really made peace with death itself because our, yeah. you know, once he could finally let go, I felt like, ah, oh, I felt like a sense of relief because, again, all this time I didn't even know. I didn't even know he was even coming to Houston and getting treatment for over 10 years. At a hospital, like one of the number one cancer treatment centers in the in the world, we have, we have princes and all these people come from saudi arabia they come to this hospital they come to Methodist. you know this hospital is down the street from my apartment he's been he's been coming getting treatment right down the street from my house all this time and no one told me i didn't even know that you know so but at the same time i get it as a parent i get what he was trying to do because i even have to question myself sometimes like if i had that treatment am i in a place where i could actually if i knew that hey you got this amount of time you know could you tell your kids now, as I've gotten older and i truly understood what death really is, I can. I can. I owe them that. So it's like, okay, hey, yeah. go ahead. Let's go ahead and mourn for the moment. But at the same time, this is the only guarantee in life, the fact that it's going to end. This one is going to end. So let's get to living. Now, anything, I always tell people, I say, if anything, death is a gift. It's a gift. It is not a punishment. It is a gift because it, it gets you off your ass where you're thinking that you have time. So it's like whatever you yeah. want to do, you need to start True. making that shit happen. You know, quit thinking like, well, I know eventually I'll get I'll get around to it, but I need to take care of this, 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 like, no, 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 no. Start making moves toward whatever that is. If it's that important to you, start making moves to make it happen. It may not happen, but at least you were making moves toward it, so therefore you don't have any regret. So no, it's, it's, it's so important, man.
1: That, yeah. That's so important. I mean, I remember I was having lunch with Tim Larkin, and I was—he was like, "Hey, you know, what do what do you have on the horizon? What are you working on right now?" Like, I got this pre-workout stuff on that I'm working on. These things always take forever, so I have the formula dialed in. It's just going to take a while because all these manufacturing companies are flakes like a motherfucker. They yeah, they, they yeah, always man. take three times as long as they think they're going to take. So anyway, I, I don't care about that because I don't need that product to come out anytime soon, if at all. Right. So when it comes out, it's going to come out. I've already done my part. I, can't, I don't have any control over a company being a flake. <laughs> you know, all I have control over <laughs> right. is designing the product and putting something. Once it does come out, it's going to be great. But anyway, I also said, I'll, I'll, I need to get back out there. I want to start teaching again. I'm not sure exactly. No, I know, I know I want to do hormone optimization stuff, but I'm not sure what capacity right now. I was just, it was just a, a seed in my head at that time. And then – I, but I kept thinking about it. It was always on my mind. It's on my mind. And then it started coming Matthew, together. You know, yeah. It started coming together. Yeah. And then I go, you know what? You need to put an event together. So I want to do this London Real podcast I was invited on. I want to get over – I haven't been overseas in four years. I want to get the fuck out and go overseas again because I do enjoy international travel. I just needed a break from it. I've got a bunch of friends out there. It's going to be fun be out there for a week. And then I've got this this Beetle Lego organization wants me to come and do an interview and talk to them. So that's going to be really cool. So, anyways, a lot of cool things coming together. But once I decided that I wanted to start teaching again, you got to put an event together. You can't dick around for a year. It's like, oh, I'll just work on the course material for a year, and then I'll get going in 2020. No, 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 no. But you know, I don't need to put the course material together. I got so much knowledge on this topic; it's overflowing. My head's ready to explode. <laughs> Right. Or two. Yeah, I got to get it out. I can't do more research right now. I need to talk about the shit I know. <laughs> you know, and then I go do more research. And I need. I need. And I and I want this to be something. People are like, well, why don't you just make a teleseminar out of it? Why don't you put together an ebook? It's like, look, man, enough of this digital living bullshit. All right, we spend enough time on our computers, on our fucking phones, listening to shit. Podcasts. Podcasts are great, but people have become less social as a result of them. They just listen to fucking Thank podcasts you. all the day. long Talk to real people. So my attitude is no i want to present this information in front of a group because i like public speaking and i'm good at it and i and i've got a lot of fire so i want to bring that shit to the front of the room and you're not going to get that listening to it on an audio you're not going to get it on a video you got to be there live to get the full impact of this information two i want to see actual people in front of me i want to see their facial expressions when i say shit. i want to hear them laugh i want to see them with their arms folded when they don't agree with something and I called him out right. on it. <laughs> you know, right. I want that, man. I want a real world interaction. I want people telling me how blown away they were at the very end or let's go have dinner and talk more about this. That kind of shit. Because we don't have enough of that. So my attitude is I'm making it where if you want this information, you have to come to a live event. I'm not going to put this on a video or an audio or an ebook. Maybe eventually I will, but not anytime soon. Because, one, I don't need right. the money. I made plenty for my supplement my business. I'm doing this shit for fun like, well, why aren't you doing it for free? Because you don't deserve the shit for free. <laughs> that because ain't you much. Deserve, I, I paid a lot of money to get this information, so why should you Thank get you. it for free? <laughs>
0: you
1: know? Plus, right. me wasting my time doing shit for free is less money I can donate to Project Child Save and other organizations I support. So I'm not, i don't get out of the fuck. I don't get out of bed for free. <laughs> you know, I, I don't go drive across oh. town without making. What I feel I I need to make. That's—I'm certainly not going to get on a plane and fly somewhere for free. It, that's not even free. I'm blowing a lot of money to do it. This trip, I'll be, I'll probably be lucky if I even break even and I'm okay with that. But I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be compensated one way or another. Anyway, long story short, when, when you have the fire, like we were talking about before we started recording, I saw Andrew Dice Clay and he does this nursery rhyme bit. He's got these funny jokes. He always does that at the very end of the set. And he was about to get into it. And this one guy yells out, say, go say this joke. And then Andrew goes, no, nah, when I'm ready. Because <laughs> I need to feel this, and I was right. I was laughing. I go. That's so true. I go. When are you going to start teaching again? When I'm ready. I need to feel it. <laughs> right. And tell him, I'm ready, and you can hear in my voice that I'm ready. And when people come to this event, they're going to be their heads are going to fucking be blown away by my delivering the information. They're going to they're going to be like, Wow, here's a guy who loves this shit. He loves talking about it, and he likes delivering it into us. I'm so glad I'm here right now. That's what I want people to feel at this event. Now, I'm not going to get in front of a room until I feel that I can deliver that. And now I feel like I can. The last four years, I didn't feel like I could, so I didn't. I just focused on other things. But now I'm ready.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man. So that's the thing about it, man. just like, again, just having that passion to do it. Not just doing it because, like, it sounds like a good thing to do right now. Uh, I feel like even if there is a need, even if there is a need for, like, okay, well, I know I have all this knowledge about that. And obviously, there's a need for this, so I should just do it. Okay, if you're in with that tone, don't. Don't do it. Sit your ass down. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> come on. Come on. Come on. Just go ahead and be like Kendrick Lamar said. Sit down. Be humble. Okay? Just continue getting your knowledge yeah. or whatever else. Find another avenue. Oh, other people. I know, I know guys who are
1: more life. passionate about, like, about buying women's used panties than that kind of energy. I know guys who are more passionate about that than some of the traders I see out there. <laughs> they start talking exactly. about it, man. You can tell they're really into this shit. And, hey, I'm not a judgmental guy. It's not my <laughs> hey, thing. They're, they're passionate about it. It's not hurting
0: anyone. <laughs> I've actually had some friends where, look, man, I, I don't I don't pull any punches. When they were talking about it, I said, I said I cut them off and I said, hey, <laughs> hey, hey, what? You don't give a fuck about that shit. And they're like, what? I said, dude, you don't give a fuck about that. Why you say that? I said, because right, right now as you're saying it, I'm not giving a fuck about it. <laughs> you know, they're <laughs> like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, What does that mean? I, I said, Let me tell you something, Let me uh, tell you something yeah, about you. Know it, what's dude. I said, Look, I said, dude, you can sit there and talk about <laughs> if you were telling me that you would get into this toenail painting business, not a pedicure business, but a toenail painting business, and you were excited about that shit, I'm like, Okay, that shit sounds gross, but shit, tell me more if you're that passionate about yeah. it. <laughs> you know, like it right. doesn't sound like something I would do, but damn, I see how passionate you're about to do. Okay, what is it about this toenail painting business that makes you get all excited like this? I said that's what I'm talking about. But if you sit there like, yeah, man, so I was thinking about blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh my god, dude. I'm like, if we were like <laughs> doing, a, I was recording the audio right now. That shit would be so flat right now. There are no peaks and valleys in your audio recording right now. Your shit is flat. So here's my, here's my suggestion to you. Don't do it. Sit down. <laughs> find something else, or just don't find anything at all. This ain't you don't. Maybe should be listening anyway. Well, sometimes it's a little bit more
1: complex, and here's an example. A lot of people don't know that the actor, Kiefer Sutherland, is also a great musician. He's got a good voice, yeah, too, uh, yeah. because he does, I mean, he does kind of a, a, a country, country rock. Well, he's not a fan. Well, here's the thing, about, here's, like the, well, here's the thing about him, though. Yeah, yeah, he has, but a lot of people don't know that, even though that's his big passion. Now, I would venture to say that he enjoys that more than acting. He's a great actor, but I've always got the impression that acting is what he does, to make the big bucks so that he can go do the music stuff where he probably doesn't make much at all, if anything, because he loves doing it. Now it doesn't mean that he shouldn't act anymore. I'm not saying that he's not passionate about acting. I'm just saying he's more passionate about the music. That's very evident to me. He's a great actor and he's a professional. He's he's good in everything he's ever done. Jack Bauer is one of the best characters ever. That's, I mean, Keeper Sutherland is a G. he He was 18 years old in Lost Boys and he fucking killed it. He was in Young Guns. He was 21. Killed it. And the guy's been a great actor for a long time. But when you hear him talk about his music, it's different. He gets this twinkle in his eyes, and you can just tell, man, he doesn't give a fuck if he gets paid to do it. I don't think he would act for free, but he would play this music for free.
0: It's like Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise from, New, uh, from CSI New York played Mac Taylor. He's a right, right great man. It's like you know, and pretty much he. But what he does, he's kind of doing what we're talking about. He takes that money, okay. I mean, he's an actor, of course, but music is his passion. And what he does with that music, he usually takes that to find some way to support the troops, to support you know g- guys on active duty, veterans, or whatever else. That's what he he'll sit there and donate his service, do whatever he can to support them through that music. So he's he's getting a twofer right there for him. But again, I think, like I said, the acting, yeah, I'm not gonna sit and say that there's no passion for that. But it's a, well, here here's here's a good episode. example
1: of a guy. Here's a good example of a guy who has no passion for acting but loves music. You want to know who it is? Ice-T, Body Count. ice right? When you I see T. Ice-T yep. do Body Count, he fucking loves yeah, it. He's up man. on stage with Body Count. He's destroying You watch him in an episode of Law and & Order, and he is just throwing those <laughs> lines in. It's so bland. Hey, there's someone downstairs. You know what I mean? Yo, yo, he's got this one line. He is, He's <laughs> the weakest link on that show. Everybody else can act well on the show if they're believable. Every time there's a scene with him, you know, he's just dialing that shit in. Now I, I love Ice T, I love his music and I actually think he's a good actor. In New York in New Jack City he was amazing. I so don't City, think that yep. it's an ineffective actor. He just he just doesn't give and it's obvious to me. And he makes big money doing law and order, so he's gonna write it out until the show ends. But right. his real passion he said that. is <laughs> doing Yeah, is doing body That's obvious yeah. where his real there's no way he could defend what I'm saying here. Like, oh yeah, man, I'm super passionate about law and order. Oh please. Let's say let's say if they ask you to do a season for free, and if they can't pay you, would you still do the show? The answer is no, then you're not passionate about it. Man. You got money, you can still do the show for free. Right. Exactly, man. So my thing is,
0: again, make sure you're feeling it, man, before you actually put it out there. In fact, if you, most time you're oh, gonna I'm feel it
1: someone... I'm not gonna get on a ten hour flight with people farting in front of me and sit in a fucking airport. Yeah, and on two sides forever to go go through customs and then sit in traffic in London and then stay in hotels to do something I don't want to do. If you're going to go through all that shit, it's got to be right. because you're doing something you want. To do on the other end to so
0: my aunt. And you're gonna leave Las Vegas, which has lots of sunshine, to go to London, where it's gonna be pretty much cloudy the whole time you're there. It's
1: like, come on! <laughs> I'm bringing a big bottle of vitamin D with me. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not getting it out there, that's for sure. You know what's funny is my vitamin D levels are actually really low, even though I'm out here in Vegas because yeah. you know people with well, more melanin make- their skin. Well, we also <laughs> I'm not. Super, I'm not super dark, but I'm not white either, so my skin doesn't absorb vitamin D as well as white people does. You know, black people often have low vitamin D levels as well, no matter how much time they spend in the sun, for the same reasons, even more so. But yeah. what I'm saying is, I live in Vegas, where it's sunny, blue skies, 360 days out of 365 all year round, and my vitamin D levels are low. Imagine someone in the UK; they're probably not even on the scale, you
0: know, yeah. unless all right. they're taking Come supplements. First of all, probably not even on. The scale. Is, Imagine someone just in Washington State. Okay. Oregon Oregon
1: Wisconsin,
0: you know. Yeah. Exactly. So my
1: attitude is no no one's getting enough vitamin D from the sun is my point, unless you're some fucking sun goddess and then you're gonna have other problems.
0: You know? You're gonna have skin that looks ten years older
1: than it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now you have skin cancer. So my attitude is or your face or your face is like freaking leather. You know, another other things like, yeah, yeah you may be good with your vitamin D levels, but damn, look at you. You look weathered, man. You're like 20, but you look like you're 70. Okay, so what's the price for that? Yeah,
1: vitamin so. Vitamin D is a hormone and arguably the most important hormone for bone health. Cal- calcitonin is another one, but vitamin D is extremely important for bone health and immune system support and so forth. So it's actually part of my hormone optimization lecture series. Vitamin D is actually one of the hormones I'm going to be talking about. And it wasn't until I took 10,000 IUs a day, which is a pretty high dosage, that I got into the optimal range, which yeah. is between 60 and 80, Dude.
0: and I'm at 65. My wife, my wife's is, hers has gotten so low that she pretty much, hers is, I think she's taking about 12, yeah, she's taking like one vitamin, vitamin uh, D cap a week. And each one is, um, I believe it's 50,000 IUs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, 50, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, but... Here's the deal. Since so she takes that one capsule, like, dude, she's felt so much better now. Like, she really oh, yeah. needed Makes that. It's a huge difference. It's so, yeah. a big difference, man. I've seen the difference in her, you know, big times. So I was like, yeah. was like, At first, she saw the numbers. She like, is this normal? I said, hell, fuck no, that's not normal. I said, 50,000 units? I'm like, whoo, sister. I said, your shit was depleted. I'm surprised you're walking around. I'm surprised your bones are even, even like you right now.
1: And right. so, like I said, right. man.
0: But she's like, she's like, oh my gosh, She's like, this feels. So much better she's like i don't even understand i was like no i said look it's a good thing that you know you have a good doctor who doesn't subscribe to just you know just the normal way when it comes to medicine it's good because i like her physician also subscribes to a lot of eastern philosophies for like ayurveda and things like it. so she incorporates all that with traditional medicine as well but she would rather go the natural way first and that's what's really helped. I think it's really helped my wife because my wife is like, uh, I don't really do the typical medicine and all the other stuff. We don't do that. And which is, you know, say it has a place for that. It's a, there's a place for that. But so even yeah, here, sure uh, doing this instead of just saying like, oh, your vitamin D, level, why would you want to check that? You know, which, a, you know, a regular doctor would do, you know, like, well, we're not worrying about that right now. We just need to get your sugar under control and your blood sugar under control. Your diabetes. <laughs> I'm like, you, like it's all works together. And vi- you know and vitamin,
1: right? vitamin D. Yeah, vitamin D Thank helps you. get blood sugar under control. Thank Plays you, like, a big you know, role there's in there's it. You could, you could have high blood there. sugar levels because your vitamin D levels are low. That could Thank be the
0: you. reason. And which is, which is cool because her doctor understands that. She's like, look, I don't want. Let's not even start talking about, you know, other prescription drugs or whatever else. Let's let's start naturally first and see what happens. And let's go from there. And it's just like that, man, it's just it's really turned things around, which I'm glad. But it helps. To have people like you and me around, you know, where she's hearing that instead of the typical everyday person who's surrounded by, you know, they look at these commercials and they believe it with these all these prescription drugs, these fifty item long list of, of symptoms that you're gonna experience by taking them. It's like, why would I wanna take that? I just need I need to treat this. I need to work on this one thing, but you're gonna give me about fifty other things in exchange for that? I'm good. <laughs> Unless it's stocks. You know, unless I'm putting a dollar in a stock and you're giving me a like fifty dollars in return on that one dollar I put in, I don't need you sitting there making that kind of exchange with me, man. So I'm over that. So, so it helps to have people who actually are in actually doing the work, you know, and having like, you know, just sit on their asses and on top of that. Well it's for those, this those,
1: that's another reason oh, why no, that's another reason why I want to <laughs> get I want to get this up.
0: Yeah, I was about to thank the podcast. We've come across people like, you know, Dr. Thomas Inkledon, you know, Dr. Mark Gordon. You know, we've had guys like that. You know, we've had Nick Delgado. You know, we've had Dr. Garth Davis. Right. We've had people like that on this show. So, therefore, yeah. you get to hear perspective from people in the field doing this thing and actually have the results to show from it, you know, with their patients. And so, and here's one, one thing I love about this show, and it's five and a half years of doing it. My Rolodex is packed with resources now. You know, I no matter oh, yeah. what, product. On in my life at this point, I will never be saying, like, what the hell am I going to do? I'm just thinking, like, okay, who do I call first? Do I call Dr. Incladon? Or do I call Dr. Gordon? <laughs> you know, or, right. you know, so, right. you know, that, that's what I think. Do I call Jerry? Jerry, hey, uh, can I talk to you about this right quick? And, and you know, so that's oh, the good thing about that.
1: That's- well, what's also not only not only do we have we given other people a Rolodex, but you know who to call for what reason. Now, if you have cancer, you call Dr. Thomas on. If you have head Tom. trauma, you call Doctor Mark yep. Gordon. If you want to improve your diet and have a comprehensive hormone optimization type advice, you go to someone like Delgado because he covers it all. Mark Gordon's the best when it comes to hormone replacement, but he's not super knowledgeable about diet and training, so I wouldn't go to him right. for that. But it comes for hormone right. for hormone opt for hormone replacement and head trauma, he's the first guy I would go to.
0: Exactly. You know, I got my buddies. So who, not only, not only have we have these great got my... guests, we've we go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was about to say, I got my no, personal I, best. I, I was finished, yeah. issues. I'm like, you know, hey, man, here's Dr. Gordon's inform, information right here. This is the guy you want to talk to. Right. Don't let, you know, yeah, I know you got to deal with the VA and all that, but, you know, the good thing is he's doing his part right now to work with the VA. So eventually, hopefully this won't even be a roadblock for you, but definitely give him a call because what you think that you right. may have, you may think PTSD, you might actually be having symptoms that are actually coming from TBI, you know, so Definitely reach out to him and see what happens. And, oh, you're feeling this way. You're feeling, you know, look, sometimes you're sitting there, you're staring at a wall, man, and you're feeling like you're not even there or you're feeling depressed or whatever else. Look, man, before you go reaching for that bottle, reach for this phone right here and reach for this number and yeah. reach out to him, especially yeah. my buddy here, here in Texas. I'm like, look, man, he he's usually in Texas a lot. You know, he's right there in, you know, in the Dallas area or whatever. So it's a quick drive. So I'm like, reach out to him. That's the trouble. That's pretty much all he works with. So this is not just some other doctor referral or whatever else. It's like this is what he specifies in doing. So, and we talked to him. So here, listen to these episodes, and then think. You know, then you can go from there. I'm not going to sit and try to force you to call him or whatever. It's like listen to what he's talking about and see how that relates to you, and if you can connect with that, and then there you go, man, and go from there. Here's the book. I even have the book right here. uh,
1: well, I mean, also, the reason why one of the other benefits of this hormone optimization course I'm teaching is that my lecture notes are are very detailed, where not only do I cover all the hormones and toxins and things like that you want to be concerned about, with each hormone I mention, I talk about what the optimal range is if you get a blood test. And now you know all that information. You can interpret this data right. on your own. But more importantly, when you go to a doctor, you can say, these are the things I want done, and this is why, whether they know or not. Right. You know why you want to get it done. I want to test pregnenolone because I'm having memory problems right now, and I want to see if that's the reason I'm, I can't focus anymore. So I want to see what my pregnenolone right. levels are. I'm sick all the fucking time, so I want to see why my adrenal health is so fucked up. Get my DHEA levels test. I got no sex drive and no zeal for life. I need to know what my testosterone levels are. I'm storing body fat in my lower body like crazy. I need to know what my estrogen levels are. You know, well, you're gonna know this shit. You're gonna walk. You're gonna be well, so sleeping, informed. You know, I can't this stuff sleep
0: at night. It's you know, gonna help like, you find a better. I, I'm en- right, I'm on high energy at night, yeah. but I'm you know I can't. I can't get any energy during the day. It's like you know, I can't I can't go to sleep till about four or five o'clock in the morning. You know, but the thing is, I'm not just I'm just sitting there and I'm like, I just can't go to sleep. Well, you know, you you check the right. cortisol levels, things like that, man. So yeah.
1: Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. All that stuff is covered. And the first so thing I know.
0: I mean, forget forget,
1: forget about forget, forget about just being more informed with a dumb doctor. I want you to be so informed that you can find a better doctor, someone who actually. There because if you know go. all this stuff, you're like, you know what? You, you know what? You, you're going to know not, so much that you're going to be You're going to be sitting there thinking, I'm only going to go to a doctor who knows more than I do. Otherwise, forget it. I'm look, wasting man, my money. That's what I want you to look, feel. Man,
0: no one's trying to take their Ferrari to a freaking Ford dealership. you want someone that knows like hey man i know how to work on italian sports cars okay that's the guy you want to go to just like you're not going to take your hyundai to a freaking ferrari dealership they're going to be like why would you bring this thing in here (laughs) it's like they're a little too overqualified for that so you got to think about that so right now here's the deal you want to get to the point where you are no longer feeling like a hyundai and you actually want to feel like a ferrari okay so yeah really think about that man so you just want to maintain and just be a well, a well functioning Hyundai. Or do you also, I mean, here's priority? here's
1: another here's another facet, right? We had johan Hari on the show last year, who wrote the best book yeah. I've ever read on depression. And I've read many, but the book missed out on an extremely salient point. Didn't even touch on it, and that is hormones. The importance of balancing your fucking hormones. He didn't have one sentence about it. He had all this other shit that was great information. But none of that other stuff he mentioned matters if your hormones are not optimal because you're not going to feel good just doing the other things he mentioned. It's just not going to fucking happen. That's how important hormones are. So I want people coming through my courses that are dealing with depression and nothing has worked for them, and they want a comprehensive solution because this kind of stuff can help you with depression and anxiety. It's certainly going to give you more ammo to deal with it, if nothing else. I'm not going to oversimplify it and say that hormones are the answers to everything, but if nothing else, it helps. So maybe your depression is still there, but it's 50% reduced compared to what it used to right. be. And that's a big step in the right direction. You can manage that shit now. I've had lifelong depression myself. I still have it. I can just handle it now. It's re- yes, I, can, exactly. I can mitigate yeah. it. It's never going to be in zero. Fact, I can, I, and I don't I can want almost, it to be zero. I don't want it to be zero yes. because it makes me a better person. But I don't want it to be at an 80% on top of that, either because
0: – to On top of that, I can actually dial it in like, okay, I can actually start. I can start doing a checklist like, okay, I'm feeling depressed today. Hmm. First thing I think about, like, okay, what did you eat in the last twenty-four hours? You know, tell me how was your sleep, and pretty much how long have you been feeling that way? How many days have you feel like really? You can start really from when, when's, when's, the,
1: when's the last time? When's the last time you got a BJ? If you go too long without yeah. that, of course you're gonna be depressed. In
0: exactly. <laughs> well, <yet>. three <laughs> weeks, of course you got, you're depressed. <laughs> the last time you had a good. What's the last time we had a good B.J.? He's <laughs> like, even, a, bad one can be, a bad one can be depressing. And if you get a series of bad ones, hell yeah, you're going to be in a funk. Because <laughs> you're going to start thinking, like, is there something wrong with me? Why do I continue to get bad B.J.'s? <laughs> There's a common denominator. <laughs> ten, ten people gave me bad B.J.'s. Okay, the common denominator is, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> There's something to be said about detective reasoning. Man. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! yeah but
1: I, I want i want I want to develop just good rapport with people taking the courses that's why I want them to be that's why I said you know what no more than thirty because I want it to be intimate and I want it to be right. where everyone has a chance to answer questions and also they they get a chance to to see me up close. You're not in some auditorium somewhere where I'm a spec you know on a screen or something like that, and you have no interaction with me <laughs> whatsoever. You email me two weeks later, but that's not the same thing. Let's have a let's have a real person exchange. I want to be in front of people. I want you guys in front of me, and that's going to be the most impactful way to receive this information.
0: Yeah, exactly. And honestly, at this point, man. You no, know, like when you see me,
1: someone like, really strong. No, when you see someone really strong for the first time, right? Like you see someone deadlift like 800 pounds on YouTube. That's cool. But when you see someone do it right in front of you live. Person- that's a yeah. totally different experience. You're like, holy shit, he actually just right. did that. That's a much different experience, and it's way more motivating. The first time I was ever around really strong people was at the House of Iron in Wooster, Ohio. I went there during one of my breaks at college, and I, school gym was close. So I went over there and worked out for a week. And I, the first time I walked in there, there were four guys bench pressing 500 pounds for reps. Boom, 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 just banging it out. I'd never seen anyone do lift 500 pounds on any lift, let alone the bench press. There were chicks bench pressing 225, guys squatting 500 for sets of 20. I've never seen that before. I mean, I've seen it in magazines. This is pre internet, so I've never never seen video footage of it, but I've seen it in magazines. To see that right in front of me, it just made it real. You're like, wow, there really are people this strong out there. These guys are strong as fuck, these men and women. And it was very motivating to me. I didn't get, no, a lot of people feel like uh, someone else's, excellence makes you insecure, right? Like, oh, I I feel insecure now. It's like, that's because you're a pussy. You should feel inspired. (laughs) I walked into this place. I was the weakest guy in there. I didn't feel insecure. I was like, man, I need to step this shit up. It was a good thing. It's good to feel insecure sometimes. It's good to feel inadequate as long as you do something about it. I'm so tired of people saying, oh, this makes me feel inadequate. It's like, that's your fucking problem. I'm not going to stop doing what I'm doing because (laughs) it makes you feel inadequate. That's too fucking bad for you. you. Step up your shit. I step up my game. I went to Mark Phillips' gym, worked out for four months. He has all kinds of professional athletes in there and high school athletes and college athletes at a high level. Some people would be intimidated by that. I loved it, man. I was like, this is fucking awesome. It makes me step my shit up. And then people would see me step it up, and it makes them step it up. So you had this symbiotic relationship. So I, I don't like this wussy mentality we have now of, oh, this makes me feel this way. I don't give a fuck how it makes you feel. You know what makes me feel <laughs> fucked up all these kids being kidnapped and thrown into sex slavery and human trafficking that makes me feel bad. Let's do some shit about that. I don't care about me being strong makes you feel inadequate. That's your fucking problem
0: so I can honestly say man like it it's been a it's been a hell of a ride actually you know and yeah man, it's I been think fun. it is like, it it's cool because our first guest our first official guest of this podcast was Ken Blackburn. And our last official guest was Steve Cotter. So I was yeah. like, you know, pretty much, I, I, you know, look, man, I, I can't think of a better way to begin it and end it. Because the first episode was us. The last episode was us. But the first guests were Kim right. and Steve. You know, and these are dudes who are not only the the consummate professionals in their fields, but they're also our fucking friends. For real. It wasn't just right. some people we had on the show to try to get numbers or whatever else, or just to say, like, oh, look yeah. who we know. It's like, no, these are our friends. We can call them at home right now. <laughs> you know, if we want to put them right. into this, patch them into this call, we could do that. You know, but, so, therefore, it was very genuine. So, it started out, you know, genuine, and it ends genuine. So, and that's what I love right. about that, man. I feel like, you know, that's how it should be. I feel like that's fitting. It's not a forced ending or whatever else, or, like, they're just trying to continue oh, the right. shit I'll and poke it, with it with, while you uh, can't.
1: The biggest thing I've taken away from the show is I'm a much better communicator than I was before the show. And I know I get a lot of flag for interrupting guests and so forth, and I get it. That's, that's what happens in a conversation, though. We all interrupt each other. Anyway, I get it. But at the same time, I, I we've had such a variety of guests on the show that – just the ability to talk to so many different people from so many backgrounds and where yeah, they're having exactly. a good experience. I never had, never had a guest ever email me afterwards and say, look, I didn't really like being on your show. You know, you guys didn't make me feel good. It was always the opposite. It was like, man, that was a lot of fun or that's the most fun I'd I've ever had. Come back. Always-
0: you know, let me know I come back, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It was these like are, that. And these are very I, busy I feel people.
1: that I'm, I'm, very busy I'm, I'm a much better presenter in front of the room as a result of improved communication skills from all the episodes we've
0: done. Yeah, and I mean, for me, it's just that 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 Gemini me—the fact that I've just I have interest in so many different things. This is a perfect platform for me because this is what I do on a daily basis anyway. You know, by the time my wife comes home, I was like, "Hey, you know, what did you do today?" And I'm just telling all the different things I've been researching and looking. And she's like, "And a lot of the stuff is like stuff that has nothing to do with what field I'm in. It's because I'm genuinely genuinely interested in yep. this." And you know I'm just spouting off this stuff. She's looking at me like, whoa. And so this this show was basically just a verbal version of what goes on in my head or what I'm reading on a daily basis anyway, which would have piqued my interest. But now instead of reading an interview with this person, this person is actually on our show talking about it, and we're interacting. So then I can really I can dive deeper into what motivates them to do what they're doing, or what it is, you know what it is about this certain topic that they're talking about. You know. Let's talk about it a little bit deeper than what you've already published or whatever else. Let me get a one-on-one perspective about that. So and that that's one of the benefits. Of it. That's one of the reasons why I've been doing this for 30 freaking years, man, is because this is a medium where I can do that. Basically, yeah, it's selfless and selfish at the same time. You know, a lot of this is for my self-interest a lot of this because I'm so interested in so. Self- There's so many things out in this world that are interesting or whatever, and, dude, I, w- I want to know. It's like if it catches my attention, I want to know more about it. And my thing is, I don't want to have to just guess all the time. I want to, I want that expert to come in and just like, okay, oh, I want to see what your perspective is. I want to see what your view is on that. Okay, cool. And then I can, then I can go from there with my own opinion or my own experience. I don't necessarily need to take on what they came from. I may agree with them. I may disagree with them. We've had guests on here that they've talked about things I didn't necessarily agree with, but you know what? I definitely appreciate them, sh- you know, showing their side of it. And what they saw from it. And, their yeah, experience, and we don't We, we don't, have
1: to, we don't have to agree. It doesn't have to be a circle jerk every no.
0: time we talk. Say it, it again. We, we, <laughs> Say it again. It's good again to talk to the, the jackasses back. <laughs> they need to hear that. It's like, we don't have to agree on everything. That's, I don't yeah, want to hear. the thing. I don't want to hear guys, anything bullshit. about the people talking about this country is more divided than ever. I said, no, Somebody, your perspective is more divided because you're only looking at it from a certain, aspect, You know, you know, aspect. You're not actually getting – oh, that's like someone saying, like, you know what, pretty much everybody wants something this way. Oh, so you talk to everybody, huh? You talk to all of them. So when you sit there and say, that, you know, the country's divided on this or people are divided on this, have you talked to all these people? Eight billion people on the planet. You you sat there and you talked to all of them? No, you're really coming from proximity and whatever perspective that you're looking for. So my thing is if I see more and more people – well going this way and more people going that way, I want to know what the people in between are talking about. I want to find those people, so I want to say, "Okay, how do you feel about that?" And then you'll come to realize like probably I'm probably going to go ahead and guess see I can admit I'm guessing I can guess that the people in the middle are the ones who are pretty much the ones who are feeling this certain way, and those are the ones I actually want to know more about now trust me, I can appreciate the you know the the view of those on one side and one on and People on the other side. But also, I want to know what those people down the middle saying because not everyone is fully on the left or the right of something. There's always some people kind of like, mm, you've got a point, and you've got a point. But I also feel like this because guess what? Everybody most likely is coming from their own personal experience. So that's the thing about it. So And that's the thing about it. The beautiful thing is we're all freaking individuals. So if we can just accept that and realize that, then you realize just saying some, something so stupid as, you know everybody's more divided than ever, well, yeah, we shouldn't all be the same on everything, Of course, there's some division <laughs> yeah because you've got your opinion, you've got yours you've got your experience, you've got your experience. If two people sitting there you got two different experiences, then guess what? There's a division, <laughs> so it's,
1: I don't think that well, meaning
0: what you think okay. <laughs> at
1: parliament UK. Hey, parliament in the u k these people almost get into fist fights when they're debating shit. it's so heated exactly. Exactly. That, that, that's how passionate they are about it i mean it's it's almost a fucking <laughs> riot happening. You look at Parliament, the way these people talk it's
0: to each other. Parliament. And then they it's not just okay, but in the Middle East, all these parliaments. It's funny, I was like, you know what? I would actually appreciate it if our, our Congress people had that same passion. I could probably actually respect yeah. them a lot more. Like, oh, you actually have a backbone. You actually are really passionate about what you're saying. You're not just saying shit to get in office.
1: You actually well, believe in mean, things. You're sending dick pics like Anthony Weiner to underage women to be <laughs> passionate about. Talking, like, look, dude, <laughs> I, I know it's your last
0: name. I know that's your last name, but come on. <laughs> yeah, my
1: last name was like so, They didn't
0: want to surprise. Come on, it come come man. Dick but dick but Anthony, Eater. come on. You don't, see, you don't see. Come on, Anthony. Let's just really think about this, man. I mean, because you don't see what's-his-name, the fucking comedian, Andy Dick. You don't see him posting any dick pics, do you? Look at his name. It oh, he really gets to the point.
1: Grab <laughs> in public, man. That guy's worse.
0: Oh, and, and, and
1: Andy man. Dick, if he's trying to put his fucking hand on your jug, you know, he does that. Um, he's, he's he's the this whole Me Too thing. He got away with just groping people left and right. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Kevin Spacey's like, really? And you're all coming after me? What about Andy <laughs> Dick? Goes, yeah, but yeah, but his career hasn't been much of anything. No one cares. <laughs> like, in fact, <laughs> it will probably. Uh, Giving him publicity actually helped his career. Let's, let's not even mention him. <laughs> so, oh man, <laughs> oh man. So, um, so man of all the guests that we've had on these twenty fifty episodes, man, which one stands out the most to you?
1: Well, I think the, I think I, I've got categories. I mean, Dr. Mark Gordon was my favorite person to talk to about hormones. I just love talking to him about it, and I still yeah. will. I have his personal. Th- I can call him up anytime I want. Yep. And he talked to me, he wanted to write a book about hormones with me a while back. And it, like I said, it just wasn't the right time. I wasn't feeling it. But now it's something that I'm thinking about. So we'll see how I feel about teaching these courses and go from there. But I could see that happening at some point because, like I said, his expertise is hormone replacements and brain trauma. It's not the effects of physical training and nutrition supplements. So although he's very knowledgeable about nutrition supplements, he has his own line. He uses my estrogen blocker with his TRT patients. Now he didn't make right. his own estrogen blocker because he realized that what I made is probably better than what he would come up with. So he uses that. So he's a guy that is—he was—he graduated number one in his medical school class, and he's—he's he's a doctor among doctors. I mean, he's one of the best out there. Right. So that guy I always talking to. I would say Ty Ritter was the most impactful. It wasn't necessarily yeah. my favorite guest, because it was a dark topic, but in terms of. I feel like I'm a different person now than I was before ever here talking to him or having him come on. And I mean that in a really good way. So his, his was the most impactful where I, it really gave me pause and it made me think about stuff and it made me very motivated to do, to help him and to get his message out there as much as possible. And yeah. then, well, I mean, Robert Greene was awesome because I'm a big fan of his books. Joe, Johan Hari was really good. Yeah. I don't know, I don't there's know if there's so many, one man. person. Yeah, I don't know if there's one that sticks out significantly. And I was thinking about this for a while this week before we, or the last couple of days yeah. when we decided to shut down the show. I don't, I don't know if there's one. How about you? Is there someone that sticks out the most to you? Well, I can say right now,
0: just kind of, um, I think having Ty on the show and talking to Ty and hearing what he's done over these decades. I think it almost pretty much validated and solidified what I'm getting into now. In fact, it motivated me even more. It it pushed me even further and it really stretched me. So it really, it it got to the point where I didn't have to question like, am I, is this really what I want to do? And even if I do it just for me, not necessarily trying to go out and just teach classes on this or whatever, but I have a resource now where I feel comfortable enough. Like if someone comes to me and they go beyond, you know, just, their own personal safety or whatever else. They're like, well, what about my kids, blah, blah blah. I feel like there are things I can help with, but there are things that I've learned from Ty that I can share. Like, hey, also make sure you get this book. I said, you know what? Here's my copy of, you know, my body's my own. I need you to read this, and then I need you and your children to read this, and you need to have a discussion. And, I say, and hopefully, and then my hope is that it will go so that it'll get, it'll spread, and they'll reach out to their friends, and to the point where they're like. Okay, we read this book and we really like what he's doing. And is there any way we can get in touch with him and bring him in and talk more about this? That's my biggest, right? Book. It's you know, and especially try to get it why Ty still kind of has the energy to do this. Because look, man, when you're dealing with such a loaded subject like that, you when know, we get here in our last, the last time we talked to Ty on the show, you can see that it's just kind of really, it's it's he's tired, man. He's tired. He's tired. But I feel well, like well, let me tell
1: you. This- let me tell you something about Ty that I haven't had a chance to tell you before. I wanted to tell you this after I talked to him. I just forgot about it. But now that you're talking about it, it came up. I talked to Ty after they did a mission. He doesn't go on the missions anymore, but he helps oversee it. This is right right. right after Christmas. And we're just having a nice conversation. He said that, and he wasn't joking around at all when he said this. He said, I'm looking forward to having Alzheimer's so I can forget all this shit. And you know what? Honestly, okay. I don't blame
0: I don't blame
1: you. Yeah, he said that it would be a blessing for him to get Alzheimer's. Now, keep this in mind. This is one of the most mentally tough guys you'll ever meet, he and his team. I mean, they're like what you see on TV with Special Forces and Jack Bauer-type characters. You know, they're that level of mental toughness. So for a guy like that to say that he would love to get Alzheimer's, he can forget all this shit. You, you have to imagine that the level of horrendous stuff he's seen is at an extremely high level. The average person would put it, would have to go to therapy if they saw ten percent of what he's seen, yeah, and he's still out there therapy. doing this. Exactly. He's, so on, yeah, we, we he he's so committed that even though he feels obligated to do, he, he feels like this is something he has to do. Forget about whether it is something he wants to do. This is something he feels he has to do.
0: Yeah it's one of those situations like well you think to yourself like if i don't do it who will now trust me, there are organizations out there there are a lot more i'm discovering that are doing things similar to what he's doing but he's been doing this for a long time man over four decades it's almost as long as i've been yeah. on this planet i've you know been doing it,
1: it level, i
0: asked him about that too
1: and he said no one he said there's a lot of people who claim to be doing something similar but they're not doing it at the it's level that, that it they're
0: too, doing. i found out too man i felt like i was I like wow like is, i, I got
1: this yeah exactly Ty, Ty said that, look, if anyone if anyone says that you have to pay them to go rescue their kid, you know it's a scam right away, because they never right. charge anyone. Someone comes to them, they're like, look, someone took our kid, we think they're here. They'll go rescue that kid if they can, and they won't charge the parent. But if right. the, he says that someone tries to charge you, and because they know that, you're in a very vulnerable position. Well, you'll, you'll give everything you got to rescue your kid, and they know that, right. and they're taking full yeah. advantage of that. So he yeah, says so someone who's doing point, it... You're
0: not- you know, I'm not you're not a nonprofit a at you. that point. You're you're not a non-profit. You're a hired gun. You're a mercenary at that point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you're so a don't do Yeah. Don't don't convolute what you are, buddy. You're not somebody. you you're not doing it just for the good of whatever. You're really benefiting from this financially, you know, not morally. So go fuck yourself with that bullshit, you know, straight up. So yeah, well, man. So like the,
1: I, I, it's extremely dangerous. They're 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 breaking the law going into countries in a cloak and dagger manner where they could get killed rescuing these kids. They could get captured right. and tortured to do Yeah, you know, There's a lot of things that could go wrong with this, and they're not doing it's it off for the money. They don't get paid. It,
0: and it's off the book, yeah. man. It's like you, you will, none of us will ever Yeah, you know,
1: American embassy is not coming to your rescue if you get captured in one oh. of these countries. You're fucked.
0: It becomes an international, in, they still, international it, incident.
1: They still do it. Even though, knowing all those things, they still do it. Yeah. Some of these guys yeah. sell their car to Money. Some of them borrow money. They max out credit cards. You know, that's how dedicated these guys are to get these missions done, and they risk their fucking lives every right. single time they do it. So I feel like the least the rest of us can do is donate some money. We're not risking anything.
0: Exactly. Exactly, man. So I can say, yeah. You're
1: prepared to, I, do I, to donate money?
0: Right. So I can say, man, out of the five and a half years, like, ties probably had the biggest impact. That's the reason why his name comes up pretty much any time I open my mouth on this show, no matter what. Yeah. Um another another thing that impacted me the most because it was kind of it was kinda of personal. It was kinda of, it was a little close closer to home was having Jace on our show, Jace Nyborg on our show, and then him passing about yeah. a year later. You know, that that really kinda had an yeah. impact on me because, you know, I lost my father to cancer and like I said, and and also just getting to know Jace, you know, leading up to that before it even happened the type of person he was yeah. because this was a very giving dude. I mean, this dude knew how much I love coffee. This was before he even got diagnosed, whatever else, or before I even had a knowledge of it. You know, this dude was like, he knew how much I love coffee. He's like, he went out of his way to make sure, like, hey, man, you know, here's my favorite coffee shop. I'm sending you a bag. You know, he didn't have to do that. And it wasn't like he's trying to do it to get on a show. It's just like because he's just <laughs> a good dude like that. He had watched – he just dude it like pretty much – he kept up with me before this show just from the kettlebell sport world. So we were already familiar with each other from that – so, but then getting to know him over the years and then just as you're going to know this good human being, man, I'm seeing he's this badass fucking father, you know, and just like and the things that he would do just for his kids, man, and things he went through, whatever, and even just the type of work he took on to take care of his family, you know, being in the, the fracking industry and things like that. And then to see him have a take on, have a fight, you know, battle cancer right after that, and then being so young, you know, and I still kind of right. had the, my wounds are still fresh with dealing with that with my father. So it was just like. It was kind of personal, man. It's like, it, it, yeah. So that that was impactful as well, man. And like you know, I still think about this dude a lot, <laughs> you know. It's just like, yeah. and then sometimes you know, Facebook will throw a memory, like, oh, you know, here's the anniversary of your friendship with Jason. Iber. I'm like, dude, I'm like really? <laughs> like, come on, Facebook, the fuck off with that. It's like, yo, I, like I don't need you to remind me of that shit, <laughs> you know. But at the same time, it's just like, and then I think about his kids. I'm like, I I, I tend to hope that they're okay you know, and that they're dealing with this the best way they can, because I, I think about my kids like that. Like, you know, I would hope that they would, you know, be able to carry on the best way possible. If I were to be taken away from this world right now, you know, and I try to just, it, at least I don't want to, I, I don't put off shit when they're here and we have time together. We make time for each other. We, we enjoy it to the fullest. We don't talk about, Oh, let's do this one day and blah, blah. blah. It's like, nah, let's focus on right now and let's enjoy this. And that's, you know, meeting someone like Jace, that's what that that's a reminder of that. They're like, hey man, quit thinking that you have tomorrow because hey, and like I said, it's funny, um, not funny, but even right now as we speak, as of yesterday when we're you know from the time we're recording the show, <laughs> I just put a post up by Christoph St. John. If anybody's ever watched, like, you know, always I made the joke. I said, any black kid that was raised by his grandmother, you watch Young and the Restless. When you were growing up. So, you know about Christoph St. John. You know about Neil. You know about, I mean, you know about, um, Malcolm, um, who is, um, I forgot the guy, his character on, um, oh man, I forgot the TV show on CBS, but now he's like a badass cop now. But, um, you know, Shamar Moore. You know, you, you discovered these characters through Young and the Restless because they played brothers on that show. And this guy, um, Christoph St. John, you also remember him on The Cosby Show. He was the guy that Denise had dated, and he came in. And he, he, he's been quite sexist with the questions he was asking Claire Huxtable. You know, he's very somehow, you know, I can't believe that you're a lawyer, and you know, that you defend people that you know are guilty. And he said, and why would you spend so much of your time, you know, with your career when you, you could be like at home, you know, taking care of your family? And she was like, that was a very sexist thing to say. You know, you, you were getting all these little lessons or whatever else way back then on The Cosby Show. So, I always think about that episode when he was bringing that up. It didn't make it that much sense to you when you were that young, but it was very impactful when you look at it now. And then he came back again on different world, playing Denise's boyfriend uh, as a different character. But anyway, again, this guy pretty much, anyone that's, especially in black culture, knows about this guy. And it's funny, when I made that post yesterday about him passing, there were a lot of people who weren't black that was like, oh, I remember from Young to the Restless, I remember from Generations, I remember from the Cosby Show, whatever else. The impact these people have. But anyway, as of right now that we're recording this, it still hasn't been said how he died, but they say it might be alcohol-related. It may have been through depression. Well, definitely depression played a part in it because just five years ago, his son committed suicide <clears throat> in a mental hospital, and his son was 24 years old. And pretty much after that, Christophe St. John pretty much just wasn't the same after that. I mean, yeah. he'd even tried to commit suicide himself shortly after his son yeah. committed suicide. And he just it seemed like he was just picking up the pieces of his life, man. And him and his fiancée were getting married this year in September. And he just started back on Young and the Restless again this this very week, you know, the week that he, that he died. You know, so we don't know what's going on with people, man. So we can't just assume that – here's the thing. Everybody's going through some shit, no matter who they are. There are some people that tend to deal with it in their own ways where they don't sit there and wear it as a badge of honor, whatever's going on with them. There are some people who just sit there and they try to deal with it the best way possible. But never assume that your strong friend is okay still check in with people, man, still check in with them because you don't understand how much of an impact that may actually happen. Just if you say, Hey man, just, Hey, just saying, what's up, love? you good. All right, man. You know, how's everybody, Baba. Just that simple. Hello. Sometimes can go a long way for some of those folks because they can yeah. feel like they're being seen, even though it's just kind of out of the blue. They are like, Oh shit. So reached out to me. That was cool. And that might actually help them take their mind off of what they could have done to themselves that day. So at least it got right. prolonged one more day. So, Just that whole story itself, man, just makes me sit there and think about everybody's going through their own shit. We all deal with some some type of depression. Some of us deal with it better than others. And some of us, you know, just feel like, you know, it's a wrap. And we've talked a lot about that on the show. Like you said, both of us have dealt with, you know, our own bouts of depression. Um, It's pretty much family-wise, you know, it's in my DNA, which makes me even more hyper aware of it, which makes me have to be a lot more proactive, just like obesity in my family. I know that it's prominent in my family, so it makes me be a lot more proactive about my choices of what I'm doing or to catch the signs right up when they're happening early. Like, hey, you're starting to feel a little off a little bit, man, and you're starting to eat certain way. Hey, check yourself. Yeah, that, that's so, all important, hey, man.
1: I, I inherited yeah, okay. a lot of that kind of stuff from my mother. My mother and I have the same blood type, and I I, yeah. I am prone to high blood pressure if I don't keep it in check. I mean, I don't yep, have high too. blood pressure, but that's because I that's because I do a lot of things right. I'm prone to have excess glucose levels because she had diabetes. Her sister had diabetes. So, as I make sure to do what I need to do to keep my blood sugar at that 80 to 85 range, never let it go over right. 90. So, yeah. there's a lot of things I do that are these are genetic predispositions. And also, my mother internalizes she internalized a lot of suffering of others. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's that's a good and bad trait. It's good in the sense that. It makes you more compassionate. It's bad that if you don't find a way to transmutate it into something positive, right. a positive action, right. it can really eat no, away. You
0: up, and that's no, one you of the reasons up.
1: why she died prematurely is because yeah. she had high blood pressure. She had high glucose levels, and she internalized a lot of stuff. She didn't express herself. You know, There's a lot of things that people around her did that made, that yeah. would have angered anybody, and I'm sure she was angry right. about it. But she would just internalize it because she always wanted to keep the water, to keep the water peaceful.
0: Yeah, she didn't no want to conflict. rock the
1: boat in any way. Right. Yeah, right. exactly. these anti-conflict people. But the problem is, is you're internalizing all that now, and it's only hurting you. So sometimes you yeah. just got to let it out, man. You know, something that pisses yeah. you off? You just Some let way, that somehow. out. Just, find yeah, a, let find it come out.
0: I don't care if you just go join a boxing gym. and You just beat the shit out of a heavy bag. You know, that's productive. Because it keeps you from beating the shit out of some random stranger on the street, you know, or somebody cuts you off, <laughs> you know, something and, like that, which is, which become a legal problem. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, exactly. Sprinting before this groin injury of mine was my go-to anti-anxiety killer because, man, you go run 10 all-out runs on a field. Sometimes I bring one of the right. dogs along. Where your anxiety is gone. You're too tired to have any anxiety after that. You just worked it all out.
0: Right. Exactly, man. So, you know, it's just... It's just you find that outlet, man. So, like I said, there's more room out than in. Okay, there's just the contain to parts. Okay, <laughs> when you were growing up in the city, your parents would tell you that. <laughs> so yeah, man. So, like I said, the, that, like like I said, just meeting Jace and being acquainted with him, that that made a a, a very significant impact on me as well through the show. Like I said, Dr. Mark Gordon, especially you know, just Dr. Gordon is also one thing about it I like about Dr. Gordon. And not for the obvious reason, but it's just like he's a very giving person as well. He's a person that doesn't feel like he's on a. He doesn't feel like he's so far advanced and so knowledgeable that he still can't reach out to people where we are. You know, to the point where it's just like, in fact, he's very giving. Like, hey man, I got this. You know, I want to send it out to you guys. Let me know what you think. You know, to me, I I, I truly appreciated things like that. You know, whereas there's some people who haven't done one percent of what Dr. Gordon has done, they feel like they're the fucking like the fucking president or some shit like that like they came in like oh okay like they did us a favor just by even talking to us like you know what go fuck yourself you know because at the end of the day you piss well, me like i had, do uh,
1: we had charles poliquin on the show and that was another one of my favorite because charles is the guy i looked up to years before i even got into the fitness business i looked up to him for a long time I used to read his column in muscle media magazine bought his book Bought his audio program he had back then. So I was heavily influenced by Charles Poliquin on multiple fronts regarding training and supplements as well. He's very knowledgeable about supplements. And so to get to develop a friendship with him, because I had interviewed him two times before did the podcast. This is early in my career. And then I got an email from him years later saying, man, I've watched your developments. I'm really impressed. And that was cool because he's not a guy who praises anyone. If anything, he talks about how most trainers suck. So for him to go out of his way and send me, praising me. Then he wrote a blog post praising me public. and you know, He sent me a private message. That's one thing. It's private. But then he put up his blog out of nowhere two years later talking about how he admires me. And it was obvious that he followed my career because he was saying he was delineating things that I had done over the years that he was impressed with. So that, that was really to, to be recognized by a peer like him. I'm not a guy who cares about a pat on the back or any people applauding me or any of that kind of shit. But that one was definitely meaningful. That was really cool. So to get him on the show and just have the ability to talk to him was awesome, and also he's extremely generous, man. He's a super busy guy, was very high in demand, and he took he came on the show for at least two hours each time he was on. He didn't have to do that. He could have just right. come on for twenty minutes and all right, I got to go now, guys.
0: Hell, on top of that is like we had a glitch, you know, with one of the recordings. He had no problem coming back a couple weeks later. Like, oh, we can redo it again. He's like, come on, man. That was that was a yeah. lot. He <laughs> a lot. Yeah, he, man, was- he didn't have to. Perfect, he could have said, "You, I'm so much motherfucker. Fuck <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? off."
1: Yeah, he could have said that. Exactly. So he had a reputation Absolutely. of being very curt. A lot of people said he was somewhat of a dickhead, <laughs> and, and I I'm not saying that they're lying or that those experiences aren't accurate. But my experiences were always positive. He was always really cool to me, right. and I got along with him great. I, I missed the guy. I thought he was a, he was a great strength coach as well as a friend. And he's going to be sorely missed in the fitness industry because he, he brought yeah. so much value, and influenced a lot of us. And that's another reason why I feel like I need to get out there and fill the gap a bit,
0: get out there and do my form kind of documentation leg- stuff. Mm-hmm. which is,
1: Well, it's not a regurgitation of his. I have much different views on no, quite a No, I'm few saying a
0: legacy you know, guys who are knowledgeable yeah. like that, who are like truly legitimate in this field, need to be out right. there. So, therefore, right. less of the bullshitter right. are taking over, you know. So, it's kind of like. It's also it's pretty much paying tribute to what he, the the things that he did, you know, by getting out there because you're not doing anyone any favors by sitting at home, you know, when you have this kind of knowledge. When there's a bunch of bullshitters who are quick, more than ready to spread more bullshit and confuse people even more and and really contribute to making them unhealthy as possible, you know, just so they can make a quick buck. So it's kind of like –
1: he was a very strong, fit-looking guy, so he, he he followed the advice he gave in terms of the way he trained himself and his diet and so forth. That's what he actually did. I feel like I do the same thing. I'm a product of the advice I give. I talk about how to optimize hormones because I've optimized my own, and it's always an ongoing process. You don't optimize your hormones, and then they just stay that way forever. You have to keep fiddling around with things. As you get older, things – your body changes. So what worked five years ago may not work now, so you got, you have to keep modifying things. So it's an ongoing process. But the point is, is that I've improved my health and fitness dramatically with this journey, especially my mood. I used to be depressed all the time. Now it rarely ever happens where I can nip it in the bud when I feel it germinating. And right. I'm getting stronger Get older. So it's, it's actually the older I get, the more validating my information is, because it's one thing to talk about hormones and you're 30. Nobody gives a fuck. They're like, you should be optimal at 30, even <laughs> though I wasn't. But another misnomer out there. A lot of guys are 30. They're not close to optimal. That's a totally different story. Something I'll be talking about at the course. But now I'm 45 and my hormones are better than when I was 30. When I started this whole process, my testosterone is several times higher. My estrogen better. My DHEA is better. Everything's better. Nothing is worse at 45 than it was when I was 30. And how many people can say that? How many people can say, you know what, I'm 45 and everything's better now than it was when I was 30? Not many, but a lot of people should be able to say that, and that's what I'm going to get out there. I'm gonna, I want more and more people saying, I took that information, I dialed it in. And now I'm 50. I feel better than I've ever felt. I'm 55. I feel great. I'm 60. I feel awesome. That's what I want. Right. Right.
0: And of course we can't talk about Charles without at least talking about Christian Thibodeau as well. Someone else, you know, yeah, pretty yeah, much who is out in the field, man, doing his thing, and it's really he's yeah. one of the top level guys out there who's pretty much done it all, worked with them all, but was very giving with his time and his knowledge on this show over and over and over again to the point where other podcasts out there. Pretty much, who didn't have the balls to reach out to him at first, once they heard him on our show a couple of times, then they took it upon yeah, themselves exactly. to start doing it. It's like, we know that's what they were doing because we looked at the last, you can look at the last few guests they had. It was pretty much like they would listen to our show. Two weeks later, they would reach out and then get the same <laughs> guest over and over, over so we and over. Like, it was so we had that obvious. Time. Yeah, we had that yeah, exactly. happen many so that times. That right then. there, you know, it was um, like, okay. You it on our <laughs> show,
1: it wasn't I had fin- never heard it. Fin- it
0: was like, okay, we're doing something right. If, you know, you got these other guys who were supposed to be big names in the fitness industry, doing you know, trying to reach out and leeching off the guests that we were getting because they didn't have the balls to do it first. Because they probably had this mentality thinking like they weren't good enough to reach out to these guys. They're like, well, probably their egos probably told them, well, if Mike is sincere can, you know, reach out to these guys, then I can too. Okay, whatever floats your boat, if that makes you feel good about yourself. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is we didn't give a damn about none of that. It's just like, hey, here's the thing. We can reach out to them. One of two things can happen. They can say, Cool, what time? Or, Nah, I don't have time. <laughs> it's really that simple. We didn't uh, sit in You've got Yeah, look at all the pre
1: existing relationships we had. I knew Charles for ten years before we ever started doing the show. I knew Christian I've known Christian Thibodeau since two thousand two. We taught a course together in Oregon. So it's not like People I'm some guy's never it. heard of People yeah. don't think about I've known
0: this. people always look known at the diamonds but don't look at the, the coal you had to dig in order to get to the diamonds in the first place. They look at the shine. And, and that's the problem with a lot of folks in the
1: Charles would not have come on our show if I didn't have a pre existing relationship with them. It just wouldn't have been worth his time. That's just the reality. He was doing yeah. me a favor. Now he never said that, but it was obvious to me. He's because he, he could right. go on, he was on Tim <laughs> He's on all the big shows. So he came on our show not because it was so beneficial for him. It's probably no benefit to him but it was very beneficial for us in our audience. Christian Thibodeau is, he was just making the podcast. I mean, I don't think he'd ever been on a podcast before he came on ours. He he was just too busy training people and doing this thing. So a lot of people didn't really see him as a guy maybe they could reach out to to come on a show. They're like, oh, maybe he doesn't want to do shows. He just writes articles. And then they heard him on our show, and then they heard him on our show again. Like, oh, let's get him on our show. All of a sudden, he's on every fucking show out. (laughs)
0: Right. So, it's crazy. So, you sit there and you look at someone that has like, you see a, a legend, the old school like Poliquin. And then you see that middle school like Christian. And then you look at the new school who's come through the show like Lee Boyce. You know, Lee, yeah. I mean, again, that up and comer, you know, that's kind of under the radar, but he's not. You know, people may think he's <laughs> under the radar, but then when you start really doing your research, you realize Lee has done a lot of shit, man. He's done a lot of shit and he's Lee still doing a lot of
1: shit. He's in a rapid growth phase. He's in all kinds of magazines. He's he's got a great yeah. following on social media. So he's he's in a he's in a growth phase. It's about to hit warp drive where things are really going to blow up for him because not only is he a great trainee, a great trainer, and he delivers this information very well.
0: Yeah, Lee is kind of like Lee is kind of like that Buster Rhymes uh, and Jay Z of the nineties. Where you're kind of like you hearing this dude like on, doing a lot of and um, Bun B too. You hear him on a lot of guest appearances. Like man, who is this dude? And then next thing you know. 10, 20 years later, like, yeah, I remember when, man, I was down with that dude from the very beginning. <laughs> you know, when he's at the top of this fucking field, man. And, that, and that's how I look at it. So, of course, I gotta use a music reference. But that's what it reminds me of. You know, cause that's the kind of grind that Lee is putting out there right now. And I love it. I love it. It reminds, it is so fucking, what Lee is doing is so fucking hip hop right now. And, and uh, hopefully he's listening to this. What he's doing is so fucking hip hop. Not rap, but hip hop. He's putting, he is grinding, grinding, grinding and not just going out there just to try to make it, you know, like I'm trying to be the best at blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I want to know my shit, and I'm still going to give props to those I'm learning from and not act like I discovered all this on my own. Yeah, there are some things that I discovered, but I put my own spin on it, and some things I discovered on my own with the things that I learned from someone else, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to give props to that someone else who actually spawned me to think about this in a different way as well. That right there is how you do it, and that's how you have longevity in any business. So I have to bring up Lee in this situation, man. I have to bring it up to him. I have to bring him up and give him his props. And, I'm like, trust me, uh-huh. of all I guess, like, it's like his post, I love seeing his post in my timeline on Instagram. I either like them, I'll repost them, you know, or I'll send him a DM and let him know, like, dude, that was fire. <laughs> that was legit. In fact, there's a lot of things he's still putting out there, like, okay, I need to try that. <laughs> you know, like, that kind of bent over, like, it was a kind of a bent over, like, row that he did with a kettlebell by holding it by the horns to work on your traps. And I started doing it. I was like, fucking hey man, this is what I'm talking about. And this can be done pretty much anytime, anywhere. I was like, shit, all the stuff I've done with kettlebells over the years and being an instructed, whatever else it's like, I didn't necessarily just think about that because I'm thinking, if I'm going to do a bent over row. I'm going to do a bent over row, <laughs> you know, but it's just the way that he taught it. And, and he explained it. I was like, "That makes a lot of fucking sense." I never thought about that. So props to yeah. you. I, was like, I gave him props. I was like, "Dude, that's I had to give him a 100 on that one." I was like, "Thank you for this one, bro." And I had to repost that. You know, so another one, man, that's an up and comer, especially in the in the plant based strength field, is Scott Shetler. You know, good friend of ours. But you know, there's Scott is also showing just like you Scott that is, you can be plant. Scott is-
1: Scott is pretty well established. I mean, he was a trainer before I was. Scott has been around for like 20 years, but I know what you mean. He's not well established yeah. as in mainstream and not super well known, like, but it, he's, he's been he's like, he's 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 there needed. for a long time.
0: Yeah. yeah. But people like him and you are needed in the plant-based world. So people can see a plant-based lifestyle differently when it comes to strength training. So the, people can stop yeah. just saying, well, Mike, you're different because people have said that for years, you know, but then they can see like, oh, yeah. okay, I don't, now here's another guy's like, okay, when it's like, Okay, you might look at him like, okay, he's not built like a bodybuilder or anything like that, but this motherfucker's strong. <laughs> he's strong as fuck. Right. Okay, and he's trained with yeah. some people that, who are straight up, maybe the biggest carnivores you would ever meet, who respect him. You know, he's gone and trained with Louis Simmons yeah. and all those guys. Louis and trust Louis me, you can't, be a weakling, you can't be a weakling to get Louis' attention. Okay, well, you, so you, that has, that a can't lot to
1: fire. You can't even go, 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 go there without go 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 being invited. Yeah, the fact Thank that he was you. even invited to go there speaks Volumes, because you can't just show up there. They'll tell you to fuck off. So you have to be personally invited. No one pays to be there. You have to be personally invited to come participate and be part of it. And that kind of goes back to this whole real world. Like you need to, we need to see you in the real world if you want to come here. We're not going to just Thank chat you. online. Exactly. Yeah, Scott's a great guy. He's a great coach. I, I've enjoyed a lot of the music guests we had, especially Harley. Playing again because a lot of people know yeah. that he had a big influence on, on why I'm vegan and also got me into physical training. Even though I went in a totally different direction than he ever went with that. But Harley was awesome. The guys from Backwards were really cool. Yep. Who else have we had? We had Earthcaller, Lee Singer, I mean, Code like, Orange. Yep. That, uh, Jamie old old from Code Orange was. So cool. We've had Adam Blake, who's a friend of ours from H2O, on yep. many times. He's, he's not even just a guest; he's an actual friend. I've hung out with him in person. He's a cool guy. Gavin from Burn, Gavin he's a cool back guy. Back. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So we've had we've had a lot of cool music guests. Or these are usually generally bands I'm a big fan of, and I just said, fuck it, let me just see if I can get this person on, and that was cool. And some people ask me, they go, hey, what about this whole side project of yours where you were meeting up with people like Doyle and Billy from Biohazard to talk about their new training, and here's what I realized after doing just a few of those. What the fuck am I asking them about training? They should be asking me about training. I'm the fucking strength <laughs> coach. <dude. laughs> you know, it's, it's like Doyle. Doyle doesn't know why the fuck he looks the way he does. He has great genetics. That guy could eat Denny's three times a day and still look like that. Diet is, is irrelevant to Doyle. He's jacked. He's fucking jacked right. from just lifting dumbbells in his bus on tour. No one's gonna look like that following his regimen. No one. I can tell you his exact regimen. No one is going to do that and duplicate and get the same results who doesn't already have the, the genetics that Doyle has. So asking him about his training in nutrition might might sound interesting, but no one's going to be inspired by what he had to say about it. I'm just, It's not a knock on him. It's just facts. You're not going to look like him doing what he does. You're not going to look like him anyway, but you're definitely not going to look like him doing what he does. Bill, Billy is actually very knowledgeable about nutrition and he's a big jujitsu guy. So, so that was cool. But when it comes to, the average person in a band who has a good physique, a lot of times they don't really know how they got that way or they have a trainer. They, they do what the trainer tells them to do or they have a nutritionist. They just do what that person tells them to do. So where I'm going is it sounds sexy and it sounds cool. You go backstage you meet these people in bands and so forth. But the knowledge, I'm asking them questions. And. In my mind, I go, why the fuck am I asking you this? I already know what the answers are. You guys should be asking me what the fuck I do is what should be going on here. I shouldn't even be interviewing you. You should be interviewing me. And that's also how I feel about podcasting right now is I don't want to interview anyone else. I want people interviewing me. (laughs) You know, I'm going to keep going on big shows like Rich Roll Show, like London Real work my way up to Joe Rogan's show. I'm going to do all that shit because I want to talk about what the fuck I know. I I don't want, I don't care about what anyone else is doing. I don't want to interview anyone right now, which is the other reason why we got to stop the show. Because if you don't care about talking to other people, why are you doing the show? That's just me being honest though. I don't give a fuck about interviewing anyone right now. I just don't want to do it. I want to focus on my shit. So that's why we're, (laughs) that's why this episode is why why we're ending the show. I mean, that's why I want to end it. You have your own reasons too. So, but it's, that's why. We're being honest. We're not going to bullshit our way.
0: Exactly. You know, it's cool having, like, you know, comedians like friend like John Heffron on and my buddy Ali Sadiq, who, yeah. you know, was a yeah, college yeah, friend cool. who I knew before before he became Ali Sadiq, you know. And, you know, just to see the progression of his career, you know, from the, us sitting out in front of the dorms, you know, pretty much hitting on every chick that walked by, you know, in college to, you know, <laughs> him having us run in with the law oh, and go to prison and back out. And then we becoming fathers. And you know our daughters going to school together, and now he's now doing specials on Comedy Central. Now it's like just to see the progression of his life. Like I've seen this dude since like we were kids, and where he is now. You know it was good having him on the show, like I said, and like I said, having John Heffron on as well. And so yeah, man, we've we've been in so many different categories. I mean hell, even for me, like being in my nerdy. Touching on my nerdy situations, like, you know, from my me being a WWE fan and having, you know, Amy Dumas on our show, you know, Lita, you know, yeah. I think for me, that was like, that, I said, that's wow. Because, uh,
1: but, that's because of Scott Shetler. Scott Shetler was our connect yeah, for that. Yeah. Otherwise, we never would really yep. have her
0: on the show. Exactly. And then to the point where just talking Star Wars with Prince Bell, who became, you know, beyond just a guest on the show, but a friend of the show, Who's a friend of the show before we became a guest. <laughs> so, that's right. you know, just kind of seeing where he's coming from because – First became, you know, no, you know uh, just knowing about Prince just doing the kettlebell world, you know, and just yeah. going from there and kind of seeing him kind of like, yeah, does martial arts, does kettlebells. But, you know, he's really into Star Wars, man. And and for him to just sit there and us helping to inspire him like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and make a YouTube channel and just start monetizing this stuff and just not just just be a fan. There's so much more I can do with this. And to also know so we're talking about all the people that really impacted us with this show, but also talking about how the show has impacted other people and say, you know what, fuck it, why not? You know, because that's what we did with the show. That's how the show got started. We were like that. Well, fuck it. Why not? Why can't we do a show? <laughs> you know, so, I mean, all, like you said, we talk about all these different things. That would be a great podcast. Let's just do it. Let's stop talking about That would be a good podcast, and let's just see if it would be. And here we are, five and a half years later. It was. It was. So much so, so, much so that we know, like, okay, it was. Keyword, was. <laughs> so, so we can we can definitely like okay we can end on a good note and don't have to sit there and beat the hell out of it like that. So, like I said, man, I I regret nothing. That's the beautiful thing about knowing when to get out when the time is right. So therefore, you don't have any regrets of anything. And what people need to understand is the fact that hey man, we were fucking friends before and we'll be friends after. And so, even after this podcast, we'll still be talking about some of y'all doing whack shit on Instagram. Believe that. <laughs> so. All right. I don't know what the hell I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, gonna, I, I was going to say, like I, I was, it, was still, uh, it still showed you yeah, on, but then there was nothing. <laughs> I said, like, I, I, I think your mic quit the show before you did. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 There was something wrong there. But I was gonna say I was laughing when you were talking about how your father was always saying, when are you gonna cut your hair, man?" Because my mother used to say (laughs) the same thing to me when I had my braids, which became dreadlocks when I was in high school. Yeah. And then and then I went in the opposite direction. I had this shaved head look for most of my fitness career. My mom was always, "Oh, you should grow your you should grow your hair out. You know, it doesn't look nice with this egg head. (laughs) You know, instead of saying head, you got this egg head." Yeah. And then now now now, now the irony is that. What what my hair looks like now, she would have thought looked really good. That's the funny thing. It's, yeah, mine too. Frankly, mine, I, mine, I, I like liked. the way it, I like the way it looks too. I looked at a picture of myself yeah. the other day. I was like, man, I look way better with hair. I'm never sh. I'm not going to shave what my look, head dude. again. Honestly, way better.
0: It's just different phases. Like you know, when I went back home for like over the holidays or whatever, my mom was just like, actually, actually, when I went for um, my my son's mother's funeral is when I it, it, it happened. This time last year is when I cut my hair. When I cut my locks. And right. That that ended up happening. That tragedy happened. Then I had to go home, you know, support my son. And when I showed up, it's just like even my son was like, because he just started growing his locks. He's like, he's like, you're killing <laughs> me right now. Like really? He's like, you're the one who inspired me to grow my locks, and now you cut your hair. I said, well, I should be doing it for you. Don't worry about me. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. What do, you, what do you want? You
1: guys to be twins on Halloween or something? You know? Well, I mean, hell, our,
0: our DNA already has us looking like twins as it is. So <laughs> to the point, if I, and want to see a picture of him, like, and he tags me on Facebook or whatever, people think that's me. And they're like, wait a minute, since you had new kid, like, those are not, no, those are not my kids. Those are my grandkids. Calm down. <laughs> it's like, so, so, yeah, man. But, yeah, like, honestly, I like the way my hair looks now because it goes yeah. with where I am right now. Like, honestly, just where my mindset is now, it was, like I said, a year ago when I did cut the locks, I cut it because my just where I was mentally, they didn't fit. They didn't belong there. You know, they're kind of the outsider <laughs> at that point. So it's just it was time to cut off and let go of some of that some of my past that went into that because people don't understand how much of you that goes into with your hair growth you know it's yeah. just something that's very especially like in just that that culture especially growing locks there's so much that goes into that wisdom that goes with that or whatever else so there's was a lot of things I had to let go of by letting go of that and I felt like it was just this big this huge weight on my shoulders was just gone and honestly. Honestly, and people can take it however they want. Even when you know you reached out to me, we were talking about you know ending the show. I was getting to that earlier when we were talking. You know, my wife was asking like, you know, um, I said, "Yep, Tuesday." I was like, "Uh, "This is the last recording of the show." She goes, "How do you feel?" I said, "I feel nothing." (laughs) I said, "I really feel I don't feel anything because honestly, it was it was just time, just like with my hair. It was just time. When you know it's time, you need to honor that and be able to move forward." So, I said, I said, honestly, I said, look, there's, I'm not losing anything by, you know, ending the show. I was like, Mike and I were friends before the show. <laughs> so, I said, so other than that, like I said, we had a lot of great people that came on the show, made a lot of great connections, and we learned a lot. And guess what? None of that's going to change. I'm going to still make connections with people, still going to learn things going forward. You know, should I be here for that? And I said, I said, and we're still cool. So, at the end of the day, I said, I said, I just felt like it's something that needed to happen, and it was no sense in punishing other people by trying to continue that. And honestly, I don't see any reason why you would want to continue that because, A, neither one of us were doing this for the money because, uh, if that was the case, the show would have ended after about the 10th the episode. <laughs> so it was a money thing, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I said we were doing this, like I said, because we had fun with this. You know, so and, and on, honestly,
1: for me, it, it fulfilled a certain need, because when I decided to stop, I mean, the first couple of years, I was still doing workshops and I used the podcast to promote yep. workshops overseas. But once I decided right. to stop doing workshops, if I didn't have the show, people wouldn't really know what I'm doing because I wasn't out there in any way. People just forget right. about you if you're not active in some way. So the show allowed me to help stay relevant, to keep putting out content, right. to keep learning new shit so that when I wanted to yeah. get back out there, I've got a lot. And now's the time. So a lot of times yeah. in life, I, I, I have very good gut instincts. And what I mean by that is I get a certain feeling when I know I need to make change. And it's an unavoidable feeling. It's a pervasive feeling. It's prolific.
0: Right.
1: So when I when I wanted to get into the fitness industry, when I got fired from the last job I ever had, I had this overwhelming feeling of I'm never going back. I'm going to make this fitness thing work. I don't care what I have to do. I'm going to make this thing work. It was that kind of feeling, and I did And then when I decided I didn't want to do kettlebell workshops anymore, it was that same kind of feeling, like just the idea of doing it was nauseating. It's like just the idea of of teaching another kettlebell course was unthinkable. It's like, fuck that. I don't want to do that. So why would you put yourself out there, especially when you don't need to? I was making great money with supplements at that point already anyway. And then the show, it wasn't a feeling like, you know, fuck, sincere. I don't want to do the show anymore or show anymore. It was a feeling of uh, it's time to move on, man. It's it's time to leave the party. The party has been fun. We got we got to the party early. We had a great time. Let's leave before we're the last ones at the party. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? right. That's kind of how Clean it. up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, shit, you
0: guys are still here? Come on. <laughs> so, yeah, man. <clears throat> you know, it was funny because, you know, we had that, um you know, we had the LLA, you know, conference. You know, and that right there was kind of like your last raw with kettlebells.
1: <laughs> so, yeah, I did a couple events that. overseas and that was the final nail in the coffin.
0: Yeah. And it's
1: not that it's not that I didn't enjoy those courses. I had great people show up, I had fun. I, I just wasn't feeling it anymore. And right. I was like, I don't want to I don't if I if I'm not in front of the room giving my best performance, then I don't want to be in front of the room at all. That's just my right. attitude. So if my if my best kettlebell instruction days are behind me, then this whole thing needs to be behind me because I'm not gonna just right. be some shadow of my former self. I'm not going to be right. some relic. I'm not going to be someone who's who's just holding on to what's not there anymore. It's like you go see a band and you can the lead singer sucks now his, his vocals are right. horrible. You're like, what the fuck are they doing? So you <laughs> don't want to ever get to that point. You know?
0: <laughs> yeah, man. So yeah, so there's, like I said, that's another highlight of this podcast: the fact. We had the LLA Summit, which was really cool. You know, have Ken and Steve there. It was a fun weekend. And I think what really helped with that is the fact that it wasn't just us doing a workshop, just you and me. You know, we had backup or whatever else. But it was just also an excuse for all of us, the four of us, to hang out again as well. Yeah. Get us all one spot at one time. Because, again, we're all friends. So it was even just beyond that. So, And also to actually – Reach out and and just really connect with the people who are really supporting the show, especially in the in that early stage of the show. You know, you got about yeah. thirty people there that we, we're actually, you know, like like I said, we're talking to face to face and you know spending time with. So that was that was really cool, man. So it was one of those things like, okay, this right here is what makes this stuff worth it. By well, it's, out so, there. it's also another stop?
1: sign. If we tried to do that same conference now, it would be a big bust. <laughs> it just wouldn't work. Nobody would care. It would
0: be garbage.
1: But the, we we try. I mean, we would put on a good event. Just nobody would show up. Is my point. And I don't mean <laughs> right. doing what we did. You know, you you teach you teach what you want to do now. I teach hormones. Somebody else comes right. in. The, the 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 fire of the listeners is just not there anymore, like it was yeah. those first couple of years. And we could oh. we could try to deduce why that is. But I don't really give a fuck. It's like when Tom when Tom Ritz, a friend of mine, said. I remember when the whole kettlebell world was just declining and workshops were hard to fill up and. Tom's like, why do you think that's happening in his Hulk Hogan voice? and I was like, honestly, I don't give a fuck why it's happening. I'm out of the game. Why the fuck do I care about something I don't do anymore? It's like me. It's like someone asking me about what I think about what Respond.com is doing. That's a company I used to work for. I was like, I don't give a fuck what they're doing. I don't even know if they're still in business. So my attitude was the same here. I was like, I don't really care why they're declining because I don't want to do it anymore. So it's irrelevant for me. It's not like I'm desperately hanging on to kettlebells because I just love to do it. I didn't want to do it anymore at this point, so it didn't really matter why it was declining.
0: Now, that's how I feel
1: about podcast as well. It's like I don't care why the numbers are not maybe as good as they were at the peak because I don't want to do it anymore even if they were good. So who gives a fuck? Right. But the fact that they're not all that great is more reason to not do it because there's no real reason to keep it. It's not like we're making so much money doing the show. It's like, well, let's just keep right. it going because we're making good money doing this. We're not making good money doing this. We're not, we don't really want to do it anymore. And those are reasons enough, <laughs> you know, Cause yeah. the fact that you don't want to do it anymore is reason enough, regardless of how much
0: money you're making. And there's so, there are other things that are really like calling for our attention. And it's really hard to right. really put the energy in those things when you're still trying to hold on to this thing that you, you know, most people try to feel like, well, I started, so I'm obligated to like keep taking care of that. Like, no, you're not. It's just like, no, you're you know, not. This is, you know, Unless it's your children, you know, until they're 18. Then, let that fucker go. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you got got to get the fuck out of my house, man. It's like, seriously. You know, but other than that, like I said, if it's, like, not a responsibility like that, then, no, you you have the freedom to move on. You're good. Just go. Because you're not doing yourself or whatever it is any favors by just hanging around. So, that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing, so. Like I so said, we can put our energies in other places. And the thing is, if people who are true fans of ours or whatever, you're going to, wherever we're going, you're going to probably be there if you're true fans. You're going to be like, oh, he's doing that now. Like, oh, that's interesting. You know, okay. You know, I've followed him this long or whatever. So it's, it's been a cool, there are people that I follow to this day that I still like check out what they're doing because I've seen, the, like I said, I've seen the progression of where they've gone and it's inspiring. You know, so yeah. it's like, I may mean, yeah. not be watching every little move they're making, but I'm like, oh, Okay, I'm gonna I'm continue. Like, okay, you're doing that now. I'm gonna go ahead and follow that Instagram page of that business, or you know, whatever else that you're doing now, or whatever. And, hey, man, whatever I can do to support, so be it. I, you know, I see you putting the energy in that, and I know you're being genuine about it, you know. So, hey, I'm, I'm at least I'm here, you know, whatever else, and go from there. So, and you know, I know there's some people out there that listen to us to do the same thing. So, I'm, I'm good with that. But uh, other than that, man, like I said, it's been a, it's been real. <laughs> It's been a great ride. I have no regrets. I love this because like I said, it's just been another aspect of, of of being a broadcaster for me. And there's nothing better than doing it with someone that's fucking cool, that is pretty much on the same page as you are, just who is inspiring as you, you know, and, and puts the shit out there, the same type of energy that you put out. That's what makes these things work for as long as they do. That's work with me. Yeah. Every radio show that I've had, I've always had co-hosts. That we're pretty much the same type of energy. I don't just like do projects with people just for the fuck of doing it with them. It's like we've got to have like we got to be on a similar path. We don't necessarily go to the same destination and stay there, but you definitely got to be moving forward and have that same energy. I'm not trying to be the one that's doing all the fucking work, and I don't expect to be the one that sits back and lets you do all the fucking work. It's like, hey, we're gonna we are part. This is gonna be a partnership. We need to treat it as such, no matter what. And so, well, one thing and I would say I, is
1: we, I, we always we always worked really well together. We had roles that were not even officially designed delineated, but it ended up being that way. Where right? I I t- yep. basically took the reins on guests, and you did a really good job with editing and so forth, making the show the show flows well. And then obviously both of us contributed a lot. It wasn't one of us talking, another other one not talking. It was both of us talking right. wherever, wherever, ne- wherever appropriate and wherever necessary. And that was always enjoyable. So like Steve always said that he couldn't have picked a better person to do the IKFF with. Ken, I, I feel the same way yep. about the show. I couldn't, I-, I couldn't have picked a better person than you to do this show. And you're the only hey. person I wanted to do the show with. When I, when I decided to do a podcast, it was either going to be by myself or with you. And I wanted to, I right. preferred to do it with you because I know you and I would have good energy bouncing off of each other whether we have a guest on or not and and I still feel that way now I mean it it was it was a blast it was it was a lot of fun doing it I'm a much better communicator I'm a better person I'm just an improved individual I'm ready to get back out there as a new iteration of myself an improved version of myself and a a large a big chunk of that for the last four years five years has been the show so the show's had a positive impact not just our listeners but us as well
0: yeah man same here you know, I, I've done shows by myself. Like I said, I've done it with other people. Like I said, and I, it's funny, like, it's funny, like, again, people love to focus on the shine and not the, you know, digging through the coal to get to the diamonds here. But, yeah, I've had people, when you and I have been doing this show, they're like, man, we should do a podcast together. I'm like, no, we shouldn't. And i said to that they look at me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on, yeah. It was funny. It was crazy. My <laughs> wife has been there. She and she, she just starts cracking up. She's like, "God, you, you and Mike have no filter." What's well, so I said? Like, no, I'm, not, I'm, I'm so like, "I'm man." <laughs> <laughs> and, and Sometimes it comes out so fast that you don't even have time to process what you just said. You're like, you look at yourself like, damn, son. <laughs> like, I'm like, damn. You know, you know what's happening?
1: funny is what someone says, hey, Mike, you need to. No, I don't. I don't need to do anything, motherfucker. I oh, don't need news, to do a man. goddamn thing. I don't need to do anything <laughs> that I don't want to do. So don't fucking tell me what I need to do. I'll decide what I need to do. <laughs> you know? and I usually respond like that. They're just like, oh, shit, yeah, man. Yeah. You know?
0: Like, dude, it's just, I don't like, know what, what you what mean is, to touch man. a nerve.
1: I was like, I was like, you didn't touch a nerve. I'm just, I'm just, you didn't get that close. I'm just You're emphatically fat. retorting in a way that doesn't leave any room for misinterpretation. <laughs> I always laugh at that. Cool. I laugh when
0: someone says I don't mean to touch a nerve. I'm like, no. The fact that I came at you like that is so you don't get close enough to touch a nerve. I'm stopping your ass yeah. right there. You're not, you're not <laughs> gonna touch
1: my. You're not gonna touch a nerve. You're not gonna touch my dick. You're not gonna touch anything. All right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> None of these, man. There was, there was this girl on Whole Foods one time, right? They're working there, and then she saw all the healthy food I'm buying. And she's like, oh, you want a detox diet? It's like, no, I just eat this way every day you know, I eat junk every once in a while for fun, but this, I eat healthy most of the time because I like eating healthy. It's just the way it is. Right. I'm not forcing myself to, but then she's, of course, the inevitable question comes up about weight loss and so forth. And, right, and I was like, look, you know, I was like, most people, their activity levels were so low, they could eat once a week. It wouldn't make a difference, you know? And then she was, she got really offended by that. She's like, Oh, you know, uh, you know, sounds like, uh, so it sounds like this is something that really bothers you. I was like, it doesn't bother me. I'm just, I was like, this is the way I talk. I'm just making a fact that most people are very overweight right. and their activity level is so low that they don't need to eat what they're eating to sustain their activity level. Their activity level is nothing. If, if look, if I didn't lift weights, I could eat every other day like Elijah Muhammad repre- like Elijah Muhammad right. recommended in How to Eat and right. Live if, with the Nation of Islam book. Right, I could eat that way if right. I didn't work out easily. A lot of days yeah. – uh, on days I don't work out, sometimes I forget to eat. I'm just not thinking about it. Yeah, I
0: it. do too, man. But on days
1: I do work out, on days I do work out, which is right now is five days a week, I'm a bottomless pit, man. My fucking appetite Yeah, I'm, I'm plowing shit, but
0: it's just like, <laughs> and, you, and you're looking like, damn, like, what the hell? But then two days later, I'm just like, I'm good. And my wife's like, you know, yeah. what did you eat today? I was like, I said, oh, uh, I drank some green juice this morning. <laughs> and I, I, I <laughs> And I had a, at a protein bar just because you know we were doing a podcast, so I I don't want my stomach to grumble in the middle of the podcast or whatever. She's like, "That's it." I'm like, "That's all I wanted." I said, "Look, I pay attention." I said, "You know, the biggest teacher that you can have out there are your dogs." I look at my dogs, and some days I can tell that they don't want to eat as much. You know, they may not want a pound of food that day. And I, you know, I'm I'm pretty much is becoming more intuitive to the way they eat as they are. So I'm like, I said, yeah, today seems like a day you probably want to want like just a half a pound of food today. And sure enough, they're good. They're not sitting there like, you know, starving or whatever else. So I'm just like, I said, we can learn a lot from animals, man, because they're very intuitive when it comes to that. Very instinctive. I said, we've lost that, that art. And, you know, I learned a lot from them from doing that. But yeah, man, <laughs> he's like, oh, I should just touch the nerve. Like, yeah, most time when people say stuff like that, that's just a reflection of them. That's them. It touched the nerve with her, if anything. <laughs> So, it's hilarious when people throw that back at you. Like, I yeah, didn't mean to exactly. offend. Oh, I'm good, son. Somebody, don't oh, yeah, don't have, don't have, me.
1: yeah, yeah. You don't have the power to offend me. This is just the way I talk. If you say something dumb, I'm going to respond in a way that makes you know that I think what you said is dumb. That's all. It's not because you offended me.
0: <laughs> I could right.
1: give a fuck. I'm just here buying groceries. I'm only talking to you because you're bagging my <laughs> groceries. You weren't doing that. Once you finish that, I'm out once you finish that and I'm done paying, I'm out the door. We're not going to continue this conversation.
0: <laughs> exactly, man. So honest so again, man, honestly, at this point, I think we said all we need to say as far as the podcast. So again too. Time just know when to say when. <laughs> know when to hold 'em. Know when to fold 'em. them. <laughs> so, yeah, man. Like I said, it's been real, and we thank all you folks that have supported us over the years. We appreciated that, especially those that stuck by us on Patreon that bought our products. And like I said, man, without you, we wouldn't have made it this far because, right. you know, you weren't the moochers. You were the ones that truly supported us, like really supported us. So, um, yeah, we appreciate that. So don't sell yourself short, and, you know, we're, we're very grateful for all of you guys. We appreciate that.
1: Yeah, and just keep keep plugged into what we're both doing. I'm gonna have more yep. of these hormone optimization courses. I'll definitely do some in the U.S. at some point. I'm starting off with this one in the U.K. See how that goes. I'm sure I'm gonna love it. So they'll they'll, they'll probably be ones in key points like New York City, Vegas, because I live here. But New York City has always been a great destination point for me for any kind of course. Los Angeles. Who knows? Maybe I'll get over to Texas at some point. Who the fuck knows? You know, I'm not looking to travel a lot like I used to. It's funny because right. when I announced this UK course, all of a sudden this guy in Singapore is like, "How about coming here?" I have this lady, this lady in Dubai is like, "Oh, we'd love to have you come out here." And I, I just, I just said, I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes right now. I'm just not interested in. Yeah, I'm not interested in that. Yeah,
0: we'll see. that's what we'll see. That's my. Like Dana White always says
1: after, like Dana White always says whenever they ask him what what fights he's going to make next, he's like, "Oh, we'll just have to see right. what
0: happens." <laughs> you know, but that's kind of how well, I, I you, feel. I mean, my attitude
1: right now, like Dubai, my attitude right now is like, look, right now my answer is no, but that doesn't mean I'll change my mind later, so I'm going to keep your information on file. Because look, the guy who's hosting my course in the UK, this guy Keith Mullings, he asked me to do a course there in 2015. And I said, look, man, I'm done with courses, but I kept his info on file in case I changed my mind. Sure enough, once I changed my mind, I was like, let me reach out to him. So I want to get out to the UK. He wanted to have me there he's still interested. I told him, I don't want to teach kettlebells. I just want to do hormone optimization stuff. He's like, sounds great. Let's fucking do it. So there you go. So, I mean, you you never want to, you never want to be rude to people, even if you're not interested and you never want to just delete that kind of stuff either, because you never know when it'll be, it'll be useful again. So who knows? Dubai may happen. Singapore may happen. Australia may happen. New Zealand, who the fuck knows? The other thing I'm working on is my my dad and I are going to do a father son trip to the Nakavali refugee camp at some point yeah. in Uganda because my dad does a lot of charity where he's always there all the time anyway because there's an orphanage in Uganda that he's a big proponent of so he's there pretty often at least three times a year. So he and I, he's I told him about how I want to go to the Nakavali refugee camp. And he's like, "Well, let's do it together yeah. because I'm always out here." My cool. Awesome. And but he told me he told me that it's a 6-hour drive from the major city in Uganda, and it's on dirt roads, not on the fucking highway, like driving from uh, Vegas to LA, you know, so I'm like, you got to prepare yourself for that shit. I'm not someone (laughs) who really gets car sick. I'm okay, but let's just say, I'm I'm about to find out what my commitment level is (laughs) for this. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but uh, it's definitely going to happen. It it, it may happen this year too, I don't know, I mean, this year is only, it's only February right now, so a lot can happen between now and the end of the year.
0: Hell, man. So, you never what, know, we'll see. so like Maybe maybe the income would become so well that, you know, whenever you get to the major city in Uganda or whatever, you can charter a helicopter and you just drop in. So There's a goal, right? There's something to motivates you right now. Like, okay, let me, let me increase the income here so we don't have to worry about that long dirt road trip or whatever else, man.
1: So. Well, I was hoping to get out there and just spend the day and then go back to whatever major city there is so I can use a flush toilet. Now I'm going to have to use whatever <laughs> the fuck oh, they man, use out there. The <laughs>
0: you don't want the hole in the ground? Come
1: on, man. Yeah, you go, you book. go really, you go really fast because there's usually a line about fifty feet away. So th- that tends to speed up the process. You're not going to be reading a book yeah. out there. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right? It's not, it's not like you're sitting on Instagram and you know, and sitting scrolling through a timeline and sitting on the phone the- <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: But anyway, my point is, I I
1: think one thing I've really picked up from this show, and I'm just taking my own advice now, is we've always encouraged people to live to the fullest. Get the fuck out there and do shit, man. Do amazing stuff. Have a great life, right? That's always been our reoccurring message. And I feel like now it's time for me to take some of that advice. No more sitting at home on the podcast. you know, No more playing blackjack three times a week at the casino. No more of, of being in this comfort zone, man. It's time to get the fuck out of Vegas, literally and metaphorically and do what I do best, man, get in front of people and talk and get people excited about doing shit. Yeah, man. So, you know,
0: for me, it's like, look, man, I'm about to just really immerse myself in this personal protection stuff and not just guns, you know, my knife, empty hands, all that good stuff, and really get out there and help folks learn how to be their their own first responder. And the best way to do that is keep improving my skills and then sharing that knowledge with others, not trying to keep it to myself. And, you know, basically, man, that that's that's the way to go, because at the end of the day, any of this knowledge that we get is not ours. It's not ours to keep is it it is for us to share, you know, so that's right. Let's get out there and make it happen. And that's that's all I want to do. That's what excites me. That's what I spend most of my days doing, studying video of, you know, all these different, you know, like CCTV and live leak and things like that and, and trying to understand what could have been done better? Not who's the good guy or the bad guy, but what could have been done better on both sides? And that's one of the things I did pick up from Tim Larkin. You know, we're studying and training with him for over a year. It's like, you know, yeah. don't get caught up in the minutia of who's the good guy and the bad guys. like, you know, what could this person have done better to not be right. a victim of this, of, this assu- of this assault? And what could this person who caused the assault could have done better? You know, or or what did they do to make that assault be successful? And I think when you you start looking at things that way and look at violence that way and and take violence for what it is, look, man, we didn't make it through all these millennia without violence. When you make peace with violence, then I feel like you can actually make peace at the end of the day. You're not going to be that person that gets caught up in like, I can't believe this happened to me or that would never happen to me. You'll never be that person. You'll understand that it can happen to you and it might happen to you. The thing is, what are you prepared to do if it does? And that's the thing you need to ask yourself. And then guess what? A lot of this other bullshit is legislation and all this and blah, blah, and this needs to change or whatever. You could care less about that stuff because you'll, fo- you'll be too focused on improving yourself as a human being with your psychology, your physiology, and emotionally that, you know, therefore you don't, you don't have to worry about those things. You're just like, you're there already. And that's what has helped us make it this far as human beings. It's just like, look, man, it can happen. And if it does happen, let me envision like what that would feel like. So therefore it's not a one hundred percent surprise. Yeah, trust me, something were to pop off. As a human, you're still gonna it's gonna be a little bit of fear there, but guess what? Just like our soldiers, you don't think they don't feel a little fear every day when they're out there yeah. in war. Yeah. But they still have to they still have to complete the mission. And their mission is to get home, get back safe. Cops, everybody. Anyone that's in some line of first responder type work you know, their mission is to get back home, man, and and most likely, and, talking about, and most of them is to make sure that they also leave no one behind. You should be thinking the same thing instead of being pissed off with them or whatever else. You know, just like learn from them, just like you learn a lot from criminals. Thinking like, okay, what, you know, why? What are they doing to build their skills? Okay, I want the person that I don't want to have the advantage over me. I need to learn about what they're doing. That's that's what chess is all about. You wanna be steps ahead of your opponent. Okay, and not just sitting back waiting for something to happen and then reacting to it. You wanna be able to respond to what they're doing. And so that's that's the I wanna come at from a different approach with personal protection, not trying to be like, Oh, I got this one secret that blah 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 if you attend my course and yada yada like, no nah, look man, nobody's got time for that shit. This world's fucked up. Okay. <laughs> it's really fucked yeah. up out there. Fuck and, and what can you what can you what do you know that can effectively help someone if that shit would happen to them right now before they even come to a course of yours, what can you tell them right now? Do that then. Quit thinking, quit sitting there thinking, well, if I do that and just give that information, then how am I going to survive? Like, well, first of all, why are you putting all your chips in that in that bucket in the first place? You know, do other things. So therefore, you don't have to sit there and exploit people like that. So that's where I am right now, what I'm doing, man. But like I said, so if anybody wants to, I know some of you folks live out in places, in states where protecting yourself and being your own, the the person in control of your life and protecting those around you is not really, you know, smiled upon. You know, so if you can make your way out to Texas and, you know, reach out to me or whatever else, or if you're looking for someone in your area, reach out to me. I'm pretty sure I have enough contacts and friends who will have a resource in your area if you can't necessarily afford to come out here. But if you can't come out here, look, there's things that we can do and whatever and we can train or whatever else and you can take it back home, whether it's if you're in a place where it's friendly to have certain weapons to protect yourself or not, you know, there are far more ways to protect yourself than just with what people automatically think about, whether it's gun knives or whatever else. There's so many other ways. And there are also things that you can do preemptively to make sure, you know, the lesson, the likelihood of something happening to you, where you can learn about, you know, being aware of your, you know, your, your, your area, your environment, things like that, you know, so reach out to me. You know, you've got our information here. None of that's really changing. I'm not really, I'm not getting rid of our emails as far as the ties to the podcast, but you know, our websites as well. You can still reach us there. So that's kind of like where I'm going now because everything else I'm doing is offline business, you know, with our restaurants and all that other stuff. So, but, you know, as far as online, that's what I'm doing, man. It's like, you know, I'm still just going to spend a lot of my time also advocating for mental health, especially in the black community, because it's such a taboo thing. About, you know, seeking therapy or help or reaching out to people, you know, because we've got to be so, we, we have this perception that we have to be so strong because so much has happened or whatever else. Like I'm trying to tear that shit down. It's like, no, man, look, you know, seek the help. You don't have to keep pretending to be strong when you're feeling like everything is against you, you know, so that's a little bit closer home for me. So still focusing on mental health advocacy, advocacy and, um, and personal protection, which they're not mutually exclusive either. And guess what? All those things also tie into hormone optimization as well. So it's good to still have Mike as a resource for that, because a lot of the stuff that these people are going through, man, whatever else still has to do with a lot of hormones situations as well. You know, my thing is, I don't care how many weapons you have, how many skills you have. If you're not optimal, hormonally or whatever, man, you're not going to have the mentality to even take charge and do anything to protect yourself. You're going to, you're going to, I always say, I always
1: say, even, even if, if you have depression, you have hormone imbalance. There's no, there's no, there's right. no, there's no doubt about that. Now, right. does that mean that balancing your hormones is the only thing that's going to be useful to improve your depression? No, there'll probably be other things you need to do too. But balancing your hormones is definitely going to help. You get right. 20, 30, 50 percent improvement. That's huge. So there's there's no right. condition that anyone has that's not hormonally related. You got gut issues. You got hormone problems. You got depression. You got hormone problems. You got low sex drive. You got hormone problems you got anxiety, hormone problems. You're overweight, hormone problems. <laughs> you're underweight, yeah, hormone right. problems. So you get it. You know, right. Whatever whatever physical problem you have or mental problem, there's a hormone connection to it.
0: So, yeah, man, that's, that's all I got.
1: <laughs> that's all I got. So you guys fuck off. <laughs> For the last <laughs> time, fuck off. Go fuck off. Go do something <laughs> impressive. Don't contact us unless you're doing something impressive. You know, I don't want to hear about what you're working on. Go do some impressive shit and let me know about it.
0: Right. (laughs) So there you go, man. So all right folks. Again, thank you all. And that's gonna wrap it up for us, man. So
1: Alright, man. Take Take care, everyone.
0: We out. (laughs) Cool.